Blog Talk Radio. Okay, folks. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. We're having a little difficulty here. Sorry about that. But we're going to keep moving right along just like nothing never happened. Again, I want to thank every single one of you for tuning in. Uh, Believe it or not, we just created a whole new different show uh, right now. So, um, (laughs) Molly, let's go get them. Give me that joy I can't explain. Add extra peace that'll ease my pain. Want that love that'll never change. Give me that, give me that. Give me that, give me that. Give me that power to walk away. When another God wants to take your place. As much of you as I can take. Give me that. Give me that. Anybody ready? Ready for his glory? If you are sick of a life. Let me tell you the story. Every place that's dark. He will bring it to light. Uh-oh. Hypocritical hearts backslide as liars. Time to get right. Uh-oh. See, I include myself. Uh-oh. I cast my own stone. Uh-oh. I'm the man in the mirror, y'all. Uh-oh. I can see my wrong. Uh-oh. But I'm here by grace. <laughs> Through Christ by faith. Uh-oh. I had to make that choice. I had to open up my mouth and say Give me that joy I can't explain Add extra peace that'll ease my pain Won't that love that'll never change Give me that, give me that, give me that, give me that Give me that power to walk away When another God wants to take your place As much of you as I can take Give me that, give me that, give me that Oh, anybody tired? You want the show to end? Get the actors off stage and let church begin. Do you want a revolution? You want to hear new songs? See, God is cleaning up house. At first he's starting right at home. Come on, miracle water. Work calls for money and fame. See, everybody got a title. But do you know your name? If we humble ourselves, people fall on our face. And pass God everything in me that's not right. Take it away.
was a man uh, Sovereign God who predestined Creation before time began <laughs> I want the God who was brilliant and elegant Decorated darkness with stars The God who orchestrates the future At the same time he knows where you are Give me that God who supplies my needs Cause he owns all the cattle on the hill And he's the God who wipes my tears And provides enough to pay all my bills And give me that God That's the God I'm talking give about me Give God. me that God That's the I'm God I'm talking that about God. Give me that Give me that. Anyway, 
tonight, tonight, what do we have? What's going on tonight? So I want to do this. I want to go ahead and, and do what I've been doing, that is read the show's description because many of you just called a phone number. You do not know what is going on tonight. So let's go ahead and bring you up to speed. Okay? So, um, again, if you if anyone click on that link, it's not going to work. It'll just take you to the main page, but they'll see the show, Overwhelming Proof of African-American Israelites. So if you've given the link to any friend, family and friends, don't panic. They won't be able to get... This show, but they'll be able to get the front page of Five Smooth Songs, and then they'll see overwhelming proof of African American Israelites. And they, when they click on that, then they'll join us. Okay, sorry about that, but folks, I'm telling you, this is what we go through. So earlier, I sent this to many of you. Um, those of you who didn't get it, this is for you. Shalom, human family. One day, after three controversial shows, that's May the 23rd, 2018, there was. Over 6,600 to view Five Smooth Stones Network. And then I said, see the graph. And I'm going to add all those pictures again. Then there were the inquiries, serious inquiries, about our claims of being, African Americans being one of the lost tribes of Israel. All of this has inspired us to present a follow-up show Tuesday night, May 29, 2018, 8 p.m. I went on to say we will have a panel of mature speakers providing solid biblical proof, uh, not just biblical proof, but historical proof and scientific as well, of African Americans being Israelites. This information is vital for African Americans to understand their plight in the USA, what the Father has done to them, what he is doing with them today, as well as how he will deal with those who ruled them. The Father is, res is resurrecting his once chosen people. He promised to do a mighty work with the remnant of them. This truth is needed for healing spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and socially. Furthermore, Humanity needs this revelation to understand this people who have been living out prophecies that were to be on Israelites. Otherwise, they may confuse those prophecies being fulfilled as an inferior people's behavior outside of the Father's plan. Huh. Also, the church world cannot understand Bible prophecy without accurately tracking bloodline Israelites, plus many more reasons for this truth today. I sent that to many of you, and I just want to set up, lay a foundation here, and then I'm coming to my co-host, Sister Eliana Batya, and we're going to have on some guests. I think everybody's in the house. So family and friends, again, as you see, the enemy does not appreciate what we're doing tonight, so we got to be uh, wise as serpents, as the scriptures say, harmless as doves. I want to just tell everybody this really quickly. If this show gets disconnected for some reason, give me about five minutes to throw together another show. We're going to go at least until 10:15. So if you get disconnected before then, it ain't Brother Seth. It's something to do with whoever don't like what we're doing, okay? So I'm going to say it again. If you get disconnected, call back within. Five minutes, and I'll have another show done that quickly. 
like I did just now. So listen, tonight, tonight, what is it? What is it not? Family and friends, tonight is about the human family. Okay, folks, we're back. Okay, again, I'm I'm serious. I think I'm kidding. I got three people here to be, and we're getting disconnected. Songs are starting playing without me touching things. I'm very serious, folks. Now, I did start that last song, and I stopped it, but that other song, anyway, let's just keep rolling, okay? Uh, John, what did I miss? Just bear with me, everyone. What did I say last? Okay, I'm just going to start over, okay, just just really briefly, because we're not going to be stopped. Did you get the show description? Did you hear that? Okay. Well, after the show description, all I was basically saying was, this show tonight... Is about a people, uh, 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 but it started with the human family. The father never wanted just Israel; he wanted a human family. Sister Eliana, give me a, give me a give me a minute to get to your sister. Um, the father never just wanted uh, a little old Israel. He wanted the planet. He made the planet. He designed the planet, and he wanted all the inhabitants to fear and tremble uh, at him and to worship him and to serve him. And in doing so, we experience what we call everlasting life or eternal life. Now, it wasn't quite like that in the beginning with Adam, but once that once he sinned, this is this is where we're at. So, family, listen. It's about the human family tonight. I do nothing just to black folks. I do nothing just to white folks. I just do nothing just to Arabs or whatever. This is a global message. And the message is this. The father turned to a man by the name of Abraham because of his ways, because of his faith and his favor. And he said, I will bless those that bless you. Well, excuse me. I'm jumping too fast. He promised this man, Abraham, that he was blessed his seed and his descendants, and there would be a great nation, and all the nations of the world would be blessed through this man called Abraham. Well, that is exactly what has happened. But he also went on to say to his prophet Moses, or Moshe, that if this nation disobeys, certain things will happen to him. We're coming out of Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Certain things will befall these people if they disobey. Well, they did just that. They disobeyed the Father. And so to this very moment, to this very second, to this... Slow down to this very second, family and friends. Israel is living out prophecies, whoever they are. Tonight, you may not believe it's African Americans. I understand, but whoever they are, they're the people over Israel, whoever they are, they're going to be living out certain blessings and curses. Do not trust in the DNA, it's political. Don't trust uh, the, everybody saying this, everybody saying that. Don't go by that. We've learned from history that just because masses of people do a thing, that don't mean it necessarily is true. Folks, Israel, the Jews, is still in exile. That's, that is what we're going to present to you tonight. We're going to show you that Israel is in exile, and they're living out these prophetic prophecies as to be upon them. And when the Father so choose, which I think is now, he is going to begin to resurrect those people wherever they are, whoever they are. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to take a big magnifying glass out, take take it out, look through the Scriptures, scrub through the Scriptures, looking to see who is fulfilling 
these prophecies. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. We are looking to see who is able to fit this glass slipper, just like the story of Cinderella. Who is living out the prophecies? And if not, they're simply not Israel. There is, there is no other way to really know. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I take that back. There are other historical ways and scientific ways we'll look at tonight as well. But nothing is more solid than the scriptures. The scriptures make it very plain. But science does say amen, and history does say amen to the scriptures. And we're going to see it in a little bit. So, folks, I am excited about tonight's show. I, I invited many uh, 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 non-Hebrews. Tonight is a non-Hebrew night. We invite a lot of so-called Gentiles. We invite a lot of... Uh, Groups that don't claim uh, jewelry or Hebrewism. So I did invite the, the Hebrews as well, but I invited a lot of people that don't believe this way. So tonight, I want you to know that we love all people, uh, my guests. I don't have on guests that don't love people. We love all people and we acknowledge the Most High Yah. Many call him Yahweh or Yahweh or just various names or just various names he's known by, but make no qualms about it. He is the, the, the Elohim of the world, the creator of the, the worlds, and he's the one that, that sent the Messiah. Now, talking about the Messiah right now, talking about the Father, we acknowledge him, and we for sure acknowledge his son, the Messiah, the one and only many of you call him Jesus Christ. There wasn't no J in Hebrew. Y'all know that. But the person you're talking about, which we call Yeshua, or some people say Yahushua, just various names many people call Emmanuel. We believe in these beings, and we, we, we try our best to line up our life according to what they are doing. What the Son is, as he obeys the Father, we're following the Son, the Messiah. Do not get us mixed up with any other group you see out there spewing hate or any of these things. We love the Father and try to follow the Son. I'm going to say it again. We love the Father and try our best to follow the Son. If we're not doing it right, be patient with us. This is a brand-new movement. We are new at this, okay? And anytime you know, as this nation become a nation again, uh, 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 not to be rude. Okay, let me back up and slow down. As the Father begins to resurrect his people, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be those young people. They're always young. That's going to have that zeal and go out there and do something stupid, like be just yelling hatred at white people because they don't understand the scriptures. Folks, listen. This is not really new. This is a very old, ancient thing. It's just that we're newly aware of it because we've been under the the, the spell of white supremacy. And I'll hit that in a little bit. But listen, tonight. Tonight, and I want all my guests and, 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 and co-hosts to please be patient with Brother Seth tonight because I'm not going to, even though I'm talking fast, I'm going to cover some things, and I, I have got to do this, okay? Because people, you know, a lot of times people are messing with your shows and, and, and hacking things because they don't understand your heart, okay? This message is as much for, is for everybody. And I mean that. If you are not so-called an Israelite or a Jew or a Hebrew, and you listen to this show tonight, you need to understand one thing. You will never understand African Americans and their plight and who they are unless you know who they are and why they are. And Miles Monroe said it like this, and I quote him a lot. He says, Without the knowledge of how to use a thing, 
are people. Abuse is inevitable. Many people looking at us, seeing us dysfunctioning, is thinking we're just inferior. We're just niggas. We're just dumb. We're just stupid. We're just lazy. And many of remember, and when I say people, I'm talking about everybody because black folks think these same lies. In other words, what your brother's trying to say tonight, without knowing who African Americans are, people will abuse them. Without knowing why they do the things they do, they will abuse these people. They will abuse these people. And that is what's happening all over this country. And some of the people that will abuse these people is those people themselves. That's because they are believing what others are saying and what others are preaching is something we call white supremacy. Whites feel like they know who they are and they're pushing being superior because we're in this subservient position and they don't know why. So-called blacks are submitting either willingly or unwillingly because of what they're seeing. You can sit up and say black power all you want. You can sit up and try to read as much as you want about inventions of black folks, but until you know who these people are and who these people that rule over you are, we need to understand whites is not a people based on their color. That mess started around 1861. We need to understand that Germany was not originally white. Switzerland, all of these places were inhabited by black folks first. They just didn't stay there because it was cold. Whites, so-called whites, which is us without pigmentation. Yes, it is. Only one humanity. Whites are from so-called dark-skinned people. I'm talking about humanity. And I'm going to flip back to Israel. All of this is very relevant. You must understand this, everybody. Folks, listen to me. There is no such thing as white people. As something that the Father authorized, as, as an ancient people. Listen to the scriptures. I will provoke you to jealousy by those that are not a people. What did he mean by that? They are humans. He didn't mean they wasn't a people like humans. He mean they are not an ancient, long line of people. Because they come from all types of African tribes, albinos, that mix, went up north, excuse me, that, that went north and began to mix among themselves, not being able to produce pigmentation, and you end up there's being millions of folks. But blacks were already there prior to them going up north. So they're a mixture of all kinds of people. That's why whites have all features on this planet. Tall, short, big butt, no butt, different facial structures. That's why it's two people on this planet, two groups of people, I should say it like that, that have all the features of our planet, so-called white people and so-called black people. They have all features, both of them, because whites come from various Blacks from Africa. Germany is not their home. Switzerland is not their home. London is not their home. Britain is not their home. Their home is Africa. 
Africans that lost pigmentation. We cover this in our leprosy series. Brother Seth, why are you talking about that? I thought we were going to become a Hebrew Israelite. you got to understand what I just said. It breaks the back of white supremacy. It's the strongest message we produce here at Five Smooth Stones, the teaching on Bible leprosy. Start what you think. I'm not going to get into it, but you just got to look at about three shows ago, you'll see it. If you understand what I just said, this message today is a piece of cake. If you're sitting up thinking white's been around for a thousand years and, and, and Noah's song, one of them was white and all this craziness, there was too much mixing for there ever to be a white nation like it is over in Europe today. There was too much mixing. And you got to also understand one more thing before I start this show up in another way. you got to understand something very powerful. The Father, Yah of Israel, called this nation, formed this nation. It was a divine thing. They weren't a righteous people. They was full of bitterness and anger, being rejected from Africa, albinos that have that spirit of rejection. He formed them and he called them to press. Scripture calls them his army. They rush on the city, the scriptures say. They run on the wall. Great is the army that carry out his word, his word to oppress the planet. That's who you are, white people. You are a descendant of those people. I'm not saying you're like that because you probably don't have that kind of power. But I promise you, those in power, they are operating, or they have been operating under divine curse to go and oppress the planet, and especially Israel. That's who you are. You have no, you are not the indigenous people of any land. You are from Africa, just like we are, having lost pigmentation. Now, Let's talk about how crazy it is to be Israelites. But let's first go to the phone lines and bring on our whole co-host, Sister Eliana Badia. Uh, take a plane or something, jet, and fly all the way up to Merced, California. Uh, area code 209-233. Uh, Sister Eliana, is that you? Shalom, shalom. And yes, it is me. I am on. And I'm very excited to be on tonight. Yes, yes. Well, it's good to have you on. We went through a lot of difficulty. We won't talk about it, but I promise you, sister, if you knew what the three of us just went through to get this show, you'd be shocked. Somebody does not want this show to play tonight, and so we create a, a, a fake show, a whole other show in less than five seconds, five minutes, less than two minutes, and uh, and so I just put a bunch of X's and just threw it through it. But anyway, sister. It's good to have you on the show tonight. I'm going to go ahead and go back to the phone lines and grab uh, some other guests here. We're just going to bring them all on at the same time, um, and then we'll let y'all do your intro. Brother John, uh, I think this is Brother John. Erica 678. Actually, that's I think that's Brother Ella Shaw. Let's see. Erica 678-559. Uh, is that Brother Ella Shaw? Air code six seventy five five nine. Who, who am I speaking with? Hello, hello, Air 
four six seven eight five five nine. Who am I speaking with? Okay. I don't know. If you're going to be on the show tonight, go ahead and press 1. Let's do this. we got a board full of people. I'm shocked this many people called back after we canceled that show like that. But if you're going to be on the show tonight, press 1. Okay, here. Okay, we'll go to 972. Got another guest here, Sister Eliana. 972-755. Go ahead. Uh, who am I speaking with? Give me your name and your city, please. Uh, this is John, and I'm sojourning, so I don't claim a particular city. <laughs> All right, well, well, uh, John, I want to welcome you to the the show tonight again. John was on uh, two shows ago, and, he, and I'm sure everybody remember the the different things he said that really took that show to another level. Okay, so John is on the uh, phone as well. Let's go back to the phone line. Erica five one three three zero seven. Go ahead with and let me know who am I speaking with. City and and, uh, and name, please. Hey, Shalom. This is uh, Yahshua, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, uh, Brother Yahshua, you was on the show a little bit. They're about to get a strong dose of you here in a little bit. Uh, so I appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, none of these people are strangers to five smooth stones, so we're not going to do a, a long bio. Y'all just got to know these people are love the most high and they fear his name. I don't see Brother Elishua. Again, Brother Elishua, if you're in the house, press one, simple and plain, just press one. Um, but a family and friends, uh, this is brother, uh, Yeshua and this brother actually went to Israel with me and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But what I would like to do is go back to sister Eliana and I don't see brother Elishua in the house yet. Again, press one brother if you're in the house, but sister, uh, Eliana in like two minutes, give us a bio of who you are and, uh, let's go ahead and make it about four minutes, uh, about who you are. And how this revelation have enhanced your walk with the Father. Everybody be thinking about how to have this revelation enhance your walk with the Father. So many people say, oh, that's just all flesh. Y'all just trying to dig up, you know, um, flesh, physical stuff. And it's not about that anymore. It's about the heart. It's about the spirit. You better be finding out who you are in Christ, which is who you are in the natural. So share how this has helped you uh, uh, with that, please. Okay, well, you know, the beautiful thing for me is I always knew that something was different and that I was different. And having had the experience of being in Israel on my first trip, the Most High really spoke deeply to me about uh, this was our homeland, that he would bring us back. And, and that prompted me to study the scriptures and to study so much about uh, what the Father was speaking on in my in my spirit to me, but having had uh, this revelation and coming into this knowledge has helped me. I see the world differently. When I see things happening politically, it prompts me to search the scriptures more to find the correlation. It helps me to be more alert, more aware when I um, encounter people who may be racist it, it just it has a different effect on me now before i used to feel polarized before i knew that i was a hebrew i used to feel like they had the power and why were we oppressed why how come our community was not thriving and you know why weren't we on top and doing, you know, as well as some of the, even, even the nations coming into the country, setting up businesses, and having had the knowledge that I'm a Hebrew, helped me to understand that 
it is the most high that kind of has us in a holding pattern until he brings us out. So we're not going to be able, as a as a group of people, do all that the other nations are doing right now because we have a set time for our uh, exodus from all the lands of our diaspora. So now that I know this, you know, I have a lot more peace. I actually sleep better at night. I, I wake up with a greater expectation of each day because I understand uh, the Father is working a plan, and I'm part of it. Not just me, but countless millions of us all around the world are part of this greater plan of the Most High. So it gives me a lot of peace personally in my personal life. I teach my children, my grandchildren. I mean, they know that they're Hebrews as well. And so we just walk with a, a different set of confidence now. Wow. Wow, that's 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 a good testimony. Well, listen, uh, brother John, same question. Okay, first of all, let me say hi to Sister Eliana and brother Joshua. Um, I didn't get to say hey initially at the outset because this is kind of getting things in order and prepared. I know brother L will be on in a moment. I, for all who don't know, I actually studied for several years under Brother Yashua through the Israel Now um, uh, synagogue uh, up in Cincy. He was uh, instrumental in giving me uh, a lot of that foundational and uh, direction. Uh, as it pertains to me on a micro level, uh, it, it was a big deal at the outset, as it would be with anyone, when you realize who it is that you are and then you begin, as Sister Eliana stated, and I echo firmly, you begin to study. You begin to look. Anything that takes place in the news, you begin to look to see what's the correlation, what's the impact on me. And, and I'll be forthcoming with you. It's been 20, 25 years now since I came into that revelation. And simply put, it, it, for me, it doesn't have the same impact in the least bit. Um, it's a huge revelation. And the only revelation that supersedes it is the revelation of the Father through the Messiah. That's the only revelation that supersedes it. However, it's one of many revelations. I can have a conversation with someone, and this don't even come up. I can, I can talk about a lot of different things, and this will always, it always does come up through the course of conversation, depending upon the depth that I may reach with an in individual. But it's, it, it's not like it was back in the 90s. All right, because again, if it was fresh and, and I'm trying, I was biting and trying to chew this thing up. Uh, now, my disposition is such that I look at this as, as a matter of fact, when we were having the discussions with the previous guest and, um, and we were going back and forth about the, the flesh and the spirit, things of that nature, I would say that, that there can only be two types of persons on this phone, and those are the persons who are born-again believers and those persons who are not. If a person is a born-again believer, this knowledge and this revelation, it allows you to see and understand things more clearly. If you're not a born-again believer, it will not give you eternal salvation. Just, that, just knowing this, it does not give you eternal salvation. So obviously, there's going to be something that transcends this knowledge in and of itself. And again, that's the knowledge of the Messiah and the relationship that you have with the Father by way of the Messiah. So always keep that in context. 
but I'll go without saying, it, I never would have met Joshua if it were not for this. Me and Elle were cool, but our conversations have depth. Steph, your, yours and my conversation, we have depth that a lot of persons don't get to get. Why? Because they didn't go grinding looking through these scriptures. Like, like just the other morning, I spent time going through Isaiah. Why? Because I wanted to create flashcards so I could know these scriptures. I wasn't doing that back then. It was just, you know, regular go to church and going back home and, you know, read this. Samson did this and Elijah did that and you keep it moving. It's just different now. So um, it's a it's a greater depth for me. Thank you. That's powerful, powerful. And again, those of you that think it's just all about all about just the flesh for us and no spirit whatsoever, you know, we just there are some Israelites that's there. Again, this is brand new. We got a lot of young people and they babies. They just babies. They don't know. You got to be patient with them. Okay, be patient with us. Just because people don't believe like you, that don't mean that they're devils and that they just we are out to, out to please the Father. I'm telling you, folks, you better hear me out. We are out to please the Father. It's just that simple. I don't know how to say it. Uh, another way, uh, brother um, Yeshua, same question, please. You into this just for who we are in the flesh, brother? You are you one of them people that putting Judah on your neck and Issachar on your T-shirts and running around just trying to get people in the flesh? Talk to me. Hey, well, shalom, shalom to the other uh, people on the line as well. Um, y'all would just say that it made the relationship with the Almighty much more personal when um, I did come to the uh, knowledge that I am a descendant of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because then you realize that you are the Almighty's firstborn, as it says in the scriptures. He said, Israel is my son. Israel is my firstborn. So it just makes the relationship that you were already pursuing with the Most High even that much more personal. And um, everything, all of the scriptures, then when you go back and read them, go back and read the same scriptures, it's just a greater feeling when you know who you are, when you read the same scriptures that you may have been reading, you know, for many times previous. But then when you understand that this is more like a personal uh, letter to you, a personal covenant with you when you understand that you are truly an Israelite. So um, everything that you were already doing is much more heightened. Everything is brought up to a greater awareness. Everything is brought up to a more personal intimate uh level and relationship which that's pretty much what it has uh done for me wow wow brother you, you know and our folks just just for the record uh Elishua is in the house i'm pretty sure this is him let's go to the phone lines Erico six seven eight five five nine brother Elishua, are you there good evening everyone <laughs> Well, hello, brother. Listen, what we're doing is uh, just going around the table here. Uh, everyone is taking about no more than four minutes uh, just sharing how who they are, how to get hold of them, and uh, just what this revelation has meant to them uh, in terms of their relationship with the Father, in terms of their, if they have one, a spiritual relationship. Uh, I don't want to be, I'm just going to put it out there because a lot of people don't know who, who we are. So how have this enhanced your relationship with the Father? Well, and uh, who are you and how to get a hold of you? Okay, my name is Ellie Shua Israel Ellison. I can be co- connect with me on Facebook or on Messenger. Uh, I have a website, but uh, it's kind of new, and I don't even know the address as of right now. 
Um, as far as me coming to this message, I rejected this message straight out from the beginning when it became very, when in my older life. As a child, I always had issues and questions because I'm a child who's basically a product of segregation, going into segregated schools, and I always had issues the way that black people were treated in this nation. I couldn't understand it. It caused me to have a somewhat strained relationship with the father as a youth. Um, I was exposed to the things of the of, of the Most High as a child when I was 12 or 13, but I rejected it because, as I said, I had an issue, and I didn't understand. Uh, later on, I became born again, spirit-filled, um, and this was not even on my record. It didn't even register on the record. It was not even within my sphere of understanding and wanting to understand things. I had put it to the side. And um, then came along you. And so um, for the previous guests to understand and know, that's why I, come, I can relate to people who have a difficulty uh, embracing this. If you will recall, uh, Brother Seth, me and Brother Seth have been friends for quite a few years. I met Brother Seth shortly after I had come out of prison. Uh, I did five and a half years in prison, and, um, and I was in a health club working out, and I met Brother Seth. And we became the best of friends. We became that friend that's closer than a brother. Um, and I remember you had came when I was at ORU. And so I went to ORU for the sole purpose of not necessarily getting an education or getting a degree. I went to ORU. A lot had to do with your prompting and the way you talked about it. And I went. My whole agenda was to become closer and intimate with the father. Uh, brother John Clark, I call him Yosef. He will tell you uh, that when I was at ORU, this was the furthest thing from my mind. I was concerned with one thing and preoccupied with one thing only, and that was my relationship with the Father. Uh, I could stand like Paul and say that I pray in tongues more than any of you, and I could say it with a lot of clarity and truth. Um, and so I was more concerned with the things of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, um, understanding the gifts of the Spirit. Um, my whole desire was to be used of the most high to bring about change in people's lives because I knew the pain and the distance and, that, and, and the indifference and the things that I had experienced in life. And so my whole agenda in life was to be used of the Father to bring people into a more closer, intimate relationship with him. Uh, that's how me and John met. And so um, even though you had tried on many attempts to get me to consider this at the time, I just wasn't hearing it because I did it like most people, most people. I thought it was a message that was inevitably would be divisive. And so I wasn't with that. Um, and I remember one day I actually put you out of my dorm room um, because you were discussing this issue and I told you I didn't want to hear it. So that should give somebody a little bit of, you know, a little bit of understanding that, hey, you know, you're not the only one that's resistant to the message. Neither was the bishop on last week, the only person who was resistant to the message. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on a second. I got, this is funny, but I got to say this. You didn't put me out so much because you put me out because of what I was saying. I was telling you, Earl Robbins predicted that certain things were going to happen. It didn't happen. The Bible says, and it, it was like, oh, my this who it was so it was so how I it was what I was saying more so than you trying to not like I was forcing that you so I just had to say that right 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 and and so and then one night I had one of those events one of those experiences <laughs> like Ezekiel when he said the Lord took me by the hand of my collar and took me up in the spirit and I was in the Lord's presence on the Lord's day. I had one of those. I had one of those uh, experiences in my life. It was this, so I would call it an out of body experience because my wife was laying right there, and she woke me up when I came to. But at the time, what happened is that 
um, in the dream, the vision or whatever it was, I ended up in a slave dungeon in Ghana. And while I was there, it was so real that I could feel the sweat on the walls and I could actually see wow. And okay. I, I, okay. and I saw the chain, I saw the chain, the chains and everything, and it so bothered me. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, "These are your people, and this is who you're called to." And I woke up at in that in a cold sweat. I woke up literally crying because it really, really disturbed me. And m- my wife prayed for me to kind of calm me down. And I think I called you sometime. It's about three o'clock in the morning. And so I'll tell people that I never got into this message with with, with the intent to elevate any particular race or ethnicity. All I was trying to do was to pursue the most high. And it was the next thing in a chain of events that in my spiritual development that came to me because I'm called prophetically. And one of the problems I used to have is that I used to always hear prophets on TBN, Daystar, or Robinson, all Christianity. All I did was pray for people to get things and, and prayed about how God was going to bless things. But when I read the prophets of the scriptures, they didn't line up with that. There was something totally different. Those prophets were concerned with kingdoms. They were concerned with nations. And I was like, how can I ever understand this? And so he began to reveal to me and show me that, I, you know, I used to see Perry Stone them teaching prophecy on TV, and one day he just checked me. He said, all those guys are in acid. I was like, all of them? He said, all of them. And I said, why? Okay, brother, let's sure. Okay. Let's give him a little bit more later because it's got to stick to four minutes. So I want you to finish that in a little bit, okay? Oh, can you? I tell you, go ahead and wrap it up. Just make it about a minute, cause, cause we're gonna let you say, I don't, in a I, second. I, I, but as I said, simply put, uh, if I make any impartation tonight, um, and it's from the prophetic standpoint, to understand what the Most High is doing in regards to us as Israel as a people, there's a lot of things that have been taught that are false taught because we don't know who Israel is. And if you're out there and you're prophetically motivated, it is an imperative that you understand who Israel is. Otherwise, you have no clue of having any degree of accuracy when it comes to understanding and interpreting the scriptures. No prophecy is of any private interpretation. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And y'all going to hear a whole lot from Elishua tonight because he's going to cover what you'll see. I'm going to let you miss keep y'all. In suspense there. Okay, Sister Eliana. Uh, uh, Sister Eliana, you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, okay. Well, all right. Uh, now, Sister, I want, I want. This is what I would like to do tonight. We're gonna just go around. Uh, I'll, I think what we'll do is John will go first, and then uh, Brother Yeshua, and then uh, then we'll uh, go to Brother Elishua, and then. Myself and then you, then you. But before we do that, I just want you to just um, hit just a little bit on um, why why do you feel we need this information? I want you to answer that one. Hit that. We've hit it a little bit already, but I want you to hit that. Then we're coming to you, John. And John, we want John. The question your question is going to be the spiritual you versus the natural you, and no more than about three minutes because you kind of already got into it a little bit. But Sister Eliana, why why is this being? How is this relevant? I mean, um, for those that are tuning in, that because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that don't believe tonight on the on the phone lines, and that's going to be in the archive. They do not believe this, and they have tuned in. And they want scripture, and we're going to get into the scriptures. I know LSU is, for sure, and I know I am. So I'm just saying, for those tuning in, give them 
some other reasons why this is relevant right now, this moment. What do they have to do with their life, personally? Okay, well, I would say the reason why this information is relevant now, because the world uh, for a long time, and especially the United States of America, has taught a lot of um, deception. And there is a misconception and a misunderstanding about how the world works, who people are, how nations have been formed, how wealth is attained in on national levels. There's so much information that has been um, miscommunicated, even like property rights. So property, uh, the, a lot of the Europeans that own property here in the United States, they feel like they're very proud to say, oh, you know, we our family goes back to the Civil War or one of those, you know, periods around the 1800s. But they deny, for example, uh, Mexican people uh, the, the, the right to, specifically California, which California was a whole uh, nation for, uh, you know, belonging to Mexico. Um, a lot of the land belonged to the Native Americans, but these European families will not uh, give any type of uh, reparations to these families. They are very proud that their ancestors and forefathers uh, raped, pillaged, killed, murdered, stole the land, and then used the Hebrew slaves to work the land so that their families can have wealth that they hoard generationally. So this is important for us to understand who we are in the schema of things as a people, um, certainly, Hebrews are not the first uh, people of black skin to be in the nation. If if you do a real deeper study of America, you'll find that much of the native people were actually um, descendants of Egypt. They were uh, former ancient Egyptians that came thousands of years ago. So you'll find that this land actually had a very large presence of black-skinned people, but According to our present nation understanding, it's only Europe um, that is important. And so we have been indoctrinated for hundreds of years that Europe is the most important. Even with this royal wedding, everybody harkens back to Europe, Europe, Europe's history, European people's uh, conquest, uh, even the cowboys. The whole thing speaks of European conquest, European uh, possession of land, Europeans uh, taking over, establishing themselves. We even get excited if Europeans talk to us and they have money. Oh, they're, they're wealthy. We get very excited about that stuff, but a lot of that stuff is through bloodshed, murder, pillage, rape. It's dishonest. And so as a people, we need to know our history. We come from a very great history, and we're one of the only people on the face of the planet that the Most High, the creator of the universe, actually chose to be his people. So we really need to understand this. We really need to understand this. It's very, very important that we understand it, and we understand it now in the face of what Donald Trump has done by becoming president. You know, he's actually trying to turn the country backwards so that it's just a place for Europeans to have their day in the sun again to be wealthy landowners, to be the business owners, to be the only ones who can travel between the nations without uh, being told that they're immigrants or aliens. Everybody else 
with melanin is called an alien, an immigrant, uh, something other than a human being or a child of the Most High. So it's important for us to understand who we are. And so many of us as, as a people, a black people, an African descendant people, or whatever we want to call ourselves, how we identify, we have lived under the oppression, but we, we somehow don't want the oppression, but we still get excited when we see Europe celebrating itself. We still get excited when they come in with their arrogance and their pomp and circumstances, and we, we still want to serve them as if their ice is really colder. And it isn't. But it's because of the brainwashing. It's because of how we've been socialized. Even today, we, when we talk about our history after emancipation, we had towns. We, we, we were wealthy landowners. We had oil wells. We were bankers. We established these things only to be driven out, to be killed, to be taken, taken the land taken from us, uh, from our ancestors. And so they keep erasing our history. Even when uh, there was a move to go back to Africa, a lot of uh, people did go. But then the government, the United States, prevented the rest of us from leaving. We don't know these things about our history. We don't understand that we are systematically kept here and oppressed here. But, again, there's a higher purpose. It's not because we are lesser than they are. It is because the Most High has a plan, and it is because the Most High was fulfilling prophecy to our ancestors. And once we understand that, then we can shake that second-class citizen yoke off of our neck. We can walk with pride because we understand we're not going to be here much longer. You know, the days are soon coming for us to get out of this this oppression. But if we don't understand it, you know, some of us are going to stay, and we're going to try to make them accept us once the majority of us that are called to leave, leave. And we're going to find those people that try to stay and befriend and, and try to still hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and it really doesn't matter if you're black or white. You know, uh, those people are going to find a rude, rude awakening. Because they're going to realize it really is about black and white. And that is the bottom line. That's what it's about. Okay. All right. Okay, sister. All right. Well, listen, I love I love, I love y'all's energy tonight. Everybody ready to go. Everybody got something to say. And that's why I picked y'all to be on the show tonight. These folks are swinging. Sister Eliana didn't give her a full bio because she's just probably been, you know, she just don't push it out like that. But the sister is very busy in Merced, California, and done some things over the years. And uh, I'm just appreciative of her being on the show tonight. Brother John, I want to switch to you because I just want to pop around, jump around here. I want you to, and again, if you could, no more than, no, no more than about, uh, let's say about, Three, three or four minutes, because I know you, you're short-winded, unlike myself. Um, kind of hit on the, the fact, and we got to we got to get into the scriptures. Spiritual Jew versus the natural Jew, please, please, because again, yeah, this is where most people listening now. tonight are at. Go ahead. All right. So we can get to the scriptures right now because this probably amongst friends will be the one point of contention on this show and just in general. And it's this, as I stated earlier, if a person 
comes into this knowledge. That doesn't mean that they're born again. That means that they know. That doesn't give them eternal life. If a person has already become born again and they come into this knowledge of who we are as Israel, what it gives them is insight and understanding. But the question then becomes, okay, what heritage do you seek? Do you seek the heritage of physical Israel or the heritage of spiritual Israel? Now, for some, you may say, well, okay, what's the difference? Well, there's a big difference because the heritage of physical Israel and the heritage of, of spiritual Israel are not one and the same. Uh, I'm going to take you quickly to Hebrews. No, I'm sorry. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. And matter of fact, I'm going to skip. I would highly recommend you read 1 Corinthians 10 and 6, but I'm going to jump down and just read this one part that lets you know it's talking about physical Israel and spiritual Israel. And it states at verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples. It's talking about physical Israel, what took place with them in the desert when they came out of Egypt. What happened to them was for an example, and they are written for our admonition. Who are our? All you need to do is go to the first chapter of the Corinthians and see who he's writing to. He's writing to the called out assembly. The called out assembly. These things happen unto them for our examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the end of the world has come. I think we all can attest to the fact that that's where we're at, the end of the world. And I, for one, find the notion physical Israel, which is important for understanding spiritual Israel, which is that new creation, that born-again believer. To me, these things are not to be compared. They are not they, they are mutually exclusive, even though a physical Israel can be a spiritual Israel. That physical person, John D. Clark, is born again. I am of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. However, in 1987, I gave my life to the Messiah. I became a new creation, and immediately my high priest, became the Messiah himself. And if he's the Messiah, that means that if there's a change of priesthood, there is a necessity, a change of the law. Folks, there's a change of the promises. There was a change of the sacrifice. There's no longer bulls and goats. There's a better sacrifice. There's a better priesthood. There's just a better situation. And so that's how it pertains to John Clark. Everybody else, it may be a little different. And by no stretch of the imagination do I look to have uh, a, a specific discussion about that. That could be a different show at a different time. Spiritual is what creates the physical and not vice versa. And I'll leave that at that. Thank you. I just want to say this about the show again, folks. We threw this show together. This is a dummy show, meaning I just created like it's important what I'm about to say. I want everybody to listen. So I don't know what's going to happen right at 10. It may shut off, but as a rule, blog talk always give you an hour over. So just know if the show shuts off at 10, it's because Brother Seth had to do a dummy show and have to throw together the show real quick. But it should allow us to go over as usual, all right? Just FYI. 
And if it cut off for any reason before then, just know, call the number right back. Give me about three minutes to create another show, Dummy Show, like I did, and call back. Okay, I have to say that because we do not want the enemy to steal what is being said tonight. All right, and one more time. If the show cuts off before 10, call back. Until you hear me say goodnight, we're not done, all right? All right, I just want to say this really briefly. Um, and I know we said we was going to go to Brother uh, Yeshua, but I got a feeling uh, my wife and I had this long talking. And I think this is what I'm about to do is, is, is in line. A lot of people cannot answer this question before we go to Brother Yeshua. A lot of people can't answer this question, and this is why I do one of the reasons we do this. Who can answer on this phone line? Not 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 any guests. I mean those that call into the show. Who can ask, ask answer this question? Why do so-called African Americans go through what they go through? Who can answer that? I have been going around the world asking that question. Nobody can answer it, and I do mean nobody, unless you have this information. Nobody seems to have an answer. Why do African Americans suffer in every single aspect of life more than any other people? More than any other people. Either they are inferior, something is wrong with them, they're cursed, there is something up with that. You've got to be able to ask, answer that question. All of our children is going to at some point either think it, or come and jump on your knee, grandpa, grandma, or they may be too big to jump on your knee. And they're going to ponder this. Why do we go through so much? See, we can give you scripture, 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 but sometimes people need the spirit of the Most High to just, just talk to them. I want y'all to think about what I'm about to say. And I'm going to talk real fast because I'm actually taking my little four minutes now because I'm, I'm on the show too now. But I, after I'm done here, I'm going to turn over to Brother Yashu. But I want you to really think about this. This is very important. Folks, listen to this. This is serious. I'm going to name an area. I call it Expo 30. We did a show on Expo 30. If you want more details, simply Google Expo 30. Five smooth stones, you can get this in details. These are the 30 areas of the life that we suffer. 30 areas of life where we suffer more than any other people. And you got to ask yourself, why 30 times? Why? 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 This is what birth, what I call white supremacy. If you don't know who you are, they'll tell you who, who, who you are. And it's going to be on for their slant. They're going to say you was made to serve us. If we don't know why we're acting out these prophecies, these curses, we're going to think something bad about us. And what we're going to think is going to be given to us, and that thing that's going to be given to us to act out is going to be white supremacy. So these are white supremacy, which is the most dominant social expression in America in terms of identity, or you're going to know you're Israelite, and you're going to start seeking the most high, doing what you feel an Israelite should do. Now watch this. 30 areas, here they come. Religion. In the area of religion, where religion is concerned, who's in the background? Who's there no seemingly, re- no religious, anything we, it's time to think of the word religion. What is it, what, what, what comes up in the 
mind, the Catholic Church. Everybody but so-called dark-skinned people. What about history? I mean, really, there is, I mean, we go and learn world history and we know nothing of Africa. Thousands and thousands of years of Africa before there was even a Europe. We know nothing of it, though. Even India. I mean, all we know is white, white, white history. This is why I say white supremacy so often. This is the dominating people right now, and they whitewash everything, knocking off noses, burning down libraries, changing everything, changing the name of the Messiah, changing how he looked, changing, changing, changing images, everything, whitewashing the planet. But remember, the Father allowed Satan to do this as a punishment against his people on this earth. Education, who's at the bottom? Who's least educated in terms of the former education? Okay? Who? Who's graduating? Who is taught wrong information? Education, social. Who's messed up? Of course, I, believe, I don't think our white brothers and sisters are so too far away from us because they don't know who they are either. I mean, what is an Irish? <laughs> what is that? I'm from Germany. What is that? I mean, that's only so far. All you, all you can say is Hitler. I mean, what, what's Germany about in terms of thousands of years? But socially, we're at the bottom. Health and medicine, at the bottom. Why? Least taken care of, die early, health, blood pressure, I mean, you name it. I mean, come on. I mean, AIDS, just biological warfare against us. Okay, here's another one, science and technology. Who's at the bottom? I mean, who don't get credit for the, I mean, people I don't even know that the father of the Internet is a so-called black man. That's what they say. You know that. I mean, he actually is from uh, Nigeria. I can't think of his name right now. But I'm just saying, in terms of science and technology at the bottom, housing and zoning, what issues? Who goes through more issues where it relates to housing and zoning? Environmental, lead poisoning, bad conditions, just environment. Who suffered the most? Houses built by power plants. I mean, we go on and on, on about it. In wherever there's environmental waste, look for there to be African-American communities. But the environment covered a whole lot of things. Images and advertising. If you was deaf and couldn't hear anything, what did the images preach in America? If you could deaf and could not hear anything, what does the images say if you can hear anything? The images alone advertise them. Just go to a magazine stand and just stand there and just look. What is it saying to you? What are blacks doing on those covers? Who seem to be having the most fun and enjoying life? Images and advertising, that's a big area. Laws, rules, bylaws. Come on, I don't have to cover that. Law enforcement, I don't have to cover that one. Who's at the bottom? Who's always at the bottom, seemingly always the one that just so happened to get shot all the time? How come there's no black police officers shooting white people? I mean, at the bottom. See, these things we get in little chunks here and there, but we don't think about all this at one time. Again, this is called Expo 30. It's to make you think about all of this we went through today. All of this happened today to black folks. All this happened with the bottom today. We're not up tomorrow and, and Tuesday. We at the every day, all day. These areas we in and out of. Again, quickly, judicial judgment. How we treat it. How we sentence. What kind of judgment we get versus our white brothers and sisters. Correction, rehab. When you go in and out of prison, oh, don't get started with the whole prison thing. Over a million black men locked up. How are they treating those prisons, though? What are they going through? Who? Who? 
Nobody can answer this. Nobody can answer this. Nobody. I've been asking this question, ministers, preachers. Nobody can answer this. I promise you, nobody. They just say something like our old, our parents used to say, our grandmothers, grandfathers, elders, they used to say, oh, we special. Well, that's a good answer, Grandma and Grandpa, unless I have my little white friends with me. And you say that around them, they're going to think, well, what about me? I'm special, too. So why do we suffer? Why? That's why we're having a show tonight. So we can talk about all this history and all of this. Some of y'all need to just think deep, a little deeper. Why? Why? Does the Father not love us? Here's another one. Defense, military, foreign policy. When we have, when there's foreign policy, who gets the brunt of foreign policy? I mean, showing up abuse in foreign policy. Policy. How about foreign behavior? What's actually carried out? It's one thing to write a nice little policy if it is, if, if it even if there's even hope in the policy, but it's another thing to actually carry it out. Here's a good one: news and information. How is the news portrayed? When something is black, you know how they do, how they twist that up. Uh, population and census and population concerns. Political. I can just go on entertainment. Oh, I don't want to hear none of this black stuff. I just want to just look at entertainment. You can't escape it. Okay, keep football players, uh, when they mess up black football players, how they hide Brady and all of it. I mean, it, it never stops. Are there breathing people there? Is there, a blo- is there a pulse? Is there blood pressure? There's white supremacy. There's these lies. We're at the bottom of every single aspect of life. Economics, economics. I, I, I'm just going to end it with this. Economics. I mean, who's billed the most? Who pays the most? Who has the less quality of things? Isn't our money good enough? I mean, seeable, agriculture, fashion, beauty, sexual. I can go on and on and on and on. So the question is why? Tonight, we're going to answer that. We are simply living out the prophecies set forth to be on the Israelites. Okay. I want to go to Brother Yahshua at this time. Brother Yahshua, before we get into the scriptures, which is a long conversation, let's make a short conversation. Who are those people? If y'all saying y'all the Jews, who are those people over in Israel, Brother Yahshua? Give it about four or five minutes, please. Actually, okay. give it about ten minutes. Give it about ten minutes, please. About ten minutes? Okay. Yes, please. Um, Basically, I can. Um, I will have to go to the uh, scriptures to uh, look for the answer, which is um, Revelation chapter two and verse nine, and I'll read that when I get there. Give me a second, because um, it definitely gives shed some light on this issue, and this is a scripture that you will rarely or hardly ever hear, like mainstream churches read this scripture. But it's a very important scripture, and it says. Um, I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So obviously, according to this scripture, someone is on the earth claiming to be Jews and are not. So who are those people? Those are the people that fit this prophecy written in Revelation 2 and 9. And how do we know that? We will know that because the Almighty gave many, many prophecies of what the true Jews or the true Israelites will go through their plight, and you actually mentioned some of them, which I want to touch on, because I know earlier you said, you know, why are we always the people getting shot? Why are we always the people 
on the low end of the totem pole in every single spectrum in life. But let me turn to the book of uh, Zechariah real quick, Zechariah chapter 11, because I want to read something out of there as well, because it's very befitting on what we see today, every day when we turn on the news, you know, in all the respective cities around this country. Um, we never go too long until we see a story like what I'm about to read. You know, we never go too long till you see it on your Facebook feed, Instagram, whatever social media you on, whatever national news, local news, or whatever we may look at. As soon as I read the scripture, you're going to, everybody's mind is going to pop to certain individuals that they know have happened within the past few years. But it says, um, Zechariah chapter 11, and the fifth verse says, speaking of the uh, the Israelites and how they're going to be in the land of their captivity. It says in verse 5, whose oppressors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. So obviously, the Israelites are going to be in a land that's not theirs. They're going to be oppressed by their oppressors. And when their oppressors slay them, they're going to hold themselves not guilty. And we know that's been happening over and over and over again. And all of these national um, headlines from all these national stories all around the country that we continue to see um, unarmed black men. Um, getting killed by by someone um, and, and nothing ever happens. You know, no matter how obvious it is, before they would say, well, we don't have proof, we don't have it on camera. But now they're all on camera. We could all go back and see if you could pull it up right now, and it's obviously murder, but they still hold themselves not guilty. This is what the true Israelites is going to go to. So anyone else outside of this claiming to be Israel they fit Revelation chapter 2 and verse 9, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 9, which both scriptures clearly let us know there are going to be some people on earth in the last days calling themselves Jews and are not Jews. And the, and the scripture and the Messiah says they are liars, right, because they don't fit this. They don't go through these things. Another scripture also talked about how the real Jews will be held in prison houses. Who are the most people in jail that you um Mentioned a little earlier, who are the most people in jail? It's our people who are in jail. How how, how many times you see any of those uh, Khazars or Ashkenazis in jail? You know that they don't. You don't see that. Um, so these are definite scriptures that we can point to and say the question that you asked that you said no one can answer around the world. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go around the country, you hold seminars in all the respective cities, and they're trying to solve our problems as Israelites, but they think we're African-Americans. And that's the first problem. If you're trying to solve a problem of African-Americans, it's not going to be solved because you think they're African-Americans. That's the first problem we're coming to. Go ahead, brother. I just a moment ago you made reference to Khazars and Ashkenazis, um, but you hadn't explained that yet, and so people would probably be confused as to what you were referring to. So I just want to remind gotcha, you so gotcha. that you could probably explain that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this yeah, is a good yeah point. Don't forget, brother, because that was a question to the, who are those people in Israel? We're going to get off into the scriptures about how we know we Jews and all that. But I, I don't right. want uh, you because you you got a lot of, uh, and I'm going to let you do it your way. You got to once you go ahead, take another ten minutes. But uh, uh, I mean, you know, add on ten minutes, but really get to who are those people? If y'all are the Jews, I see all these scriptures. Y'all are right. So who are those people? But, LSU, I'm sure he'll talk about it this when it's his turn, how, if he wants to, how that was one of his stumbling blocks. Well, we did, 
I can't accept what you're saying, Seth, because who are those people? So maybe he can hit it a little right. bit, too. So you, you can hit it for maybe just, just five minutes, because I know he probably want to hit it a little bit, too. But go ahead. Who are those people brother, over here? And go ahead and finish up your point, uh, 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 um, um, uh, Brother Yashua. Go ahead. I'm about okay. to Brother Yashua. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Uh, brother Seth, I think that you would probably better serve if you let Brother Yeshua tell us how that we are Israel. The question that you're asking, as you know, him and I did a radio show, and um, I think I could better answer that. Not that I know more than him, because a lot of things people as you don't know is that Brother. Oh, Yeshua believe me, believe was, me, believe me, believe me, brother, brother, believe me. He is going to do that. But it's, it's, I'm expecting this to be a short answer. He is. I already got this lady. I trust me. He is going to do just what you okay. said. That's a very good point. Great. So, Brother Yashua, go ahead and finish up what you were saying, because you was in the middle of something. And then, please, if you could, bring out that information, because this is the shortest shortest thing we got tonight, folks. When this brother gets done, you're going to see it's impossible for him to be it. So go ahead. Right. Well, actually, I'm going to just uh, switch it up, since I already kind of planned to. But um, actually, well, what you asked, I did mention the word uh, Askenaz. So, actually, um for those that don't know, the word Ashkenaz is in the scriptures, which it is written in, and I'll go there. It's uh, Genesis chapter 10, and it is written in the third verse. And it is talking about, actually, the second verse I'll start at, it says, the sons of Japheth. All right, now I'll go to the third verse. And it is mentioned in the sons of Japheth. And we all remember that after the flood came, Ham, Sham, and Japheth were the three sons that the whole earth was was uh, spread from these three sons. Everyone on earth today either, either is a descendant of Ham, Sham, or Japheth. So in verse 3 it says, the sons of Gomer, Askenaz, Ritza, and Togomar. So as we can see, Askenaz is one of the descendants of one of Noah's son, Japheth. All right, and Japheth's descendants are pretty much the European peoples of the earth today. So... When we see, of course, you were mentioned earlier, who were the people who called themselves Jews? Well, they also called themselves Ashkenazic Jews, okay? And they are, in that word itself, they're admitting that they are descendants of Japheth. That's what they're admitting. So there's no way you could be a Jew and be a descendant of Japheth at the same time because the real Jews come from Sham. So what they have done, they have turned our nationality into a religion. All right, so being a Jew is not a religion. Being an Israelite is not a religion. It's a nationality. It's a, it's a race of people. It's a, um, you know, more like a bloodline, okay? So that's what they have done, and these are the people that have usurped um, our heritage at the whole time while we were in captivity and not knowing who we are and with our babies taken away from us and things like that. So that's pretty much just a, uh, a short answer to the question that um, that Brother John, you know, reminded me to touch on for those that don't know. Those people are the Ashkenazic Jews, and those people are the Khazars, the same bloodline. But I'll, I'll let uh, Elishore finish it up, though. Uh, Elishua, if you could go ahead and uh, jump in. I believe Seth is on mute and is unaware. I'm going to let him know. Okay. Well, I'll pick up where Brother Yeshua left off at, and if you would, those who are listening. Thank you, John. I just realized I was. He's right. Thank you, John. Go right ahead, Brother Elishua. And if you could make it about no more about four or five minutes, because we got another question for you, brother. Okay. Um, If you go to Genesis chapter 10, okay, first of all, he he gave the foundation of the belief. 
uh, the descriptions in, in Revelations 2 and, 5, 2 and 8, 9, 3 and 8, that those who say they're Jews but are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. Now, if you, go to, if you go to Genesis chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, you'll find that it reads this. But they begin, oh gosh, my thing is not working. Genesis chapter 10. Come on, computer. 10, 3 and 5. Okay. It reads as thus. And the sons of Gomorrah, Ashkenaz, Rephim, Tegomar, and the sons of Japhon, Eshim, Tarsha, Kitson. But these were the owls of the Gentiles divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their family. Now, if you read further, you go to the next chapter, or the chapter before, and it says that Shem, it says that Elohim shall entice Shem, I mean, shall entice Jasek, and she shall dwell, and he shall dwell in the tent of Shem. Um, if you're familiar with your scriptures, you know that the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, came out of the lineage from Shem, the son of Noah. So when the scripture says that Elohim shall entice Japheth and he shall come dwell in the tents of Shem, it's literally saying that he shall entice Gentiles and they shall come dwell in the land of Israel, which is, as we know, is the land of Israel formerly known as Palestine. Uh, if you read in... Luke, I think it's the uh, first that says that when the Messiah was giving them an instruction, uh, telling them what was going to take place in the last days after his departure, he said this. He said that we, the Israelites, were going to go into captivity. They shall be taken captives into all nations. That's in the book of Luke, I think it's the 21st verse, chapter, verse 19. And it says, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. So while the scriptures that are clearly indicative from the prophecies and from the Messiah, we understand that the people who are in the land of Israel now claiming to be Israel, claiming to be Jews or not, are actually Gentiles. Um, as you read, as I read in Genesis 10 and 3, and as Brother Yahshua first introduced, well, that is a description of those people who were known to be as Gentiles. Now, there's a very important scripture that I think everyone should understand, and this will kind of tie us into what's going on. That scripture is found in, Genesis, in Jeremiah chapter 16. If you're reading Jeremiah chapter 16 and 19, if you're there, if people, and if you're in front of the Bible, I think you should read this scripture. I think you should pull it up and read it with your own eyes because you need to see this because this is where it all comes from. Jeremiah chapter 16 and beginning with verse 19, and it reads thus. It says, I'll read 18, and I will recompense their iniquity, speaking of Israel, and their sin double, because they have defiled my land, they have filled mine inheritance with the carcasses of the detestable and abominable things. O Yahweh, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles, Gentiles represent Europeans, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there's no profit. Powerful. What I'm, Powerful. What I'm saying is that from Christianity all the way to the present, Gentiles have inherited lies and then promulgated those lies throughout the world and has caused the world to accept lies as in truth. Even when we deal with the issue of Christianity, what most of you all perceive to be a religion or a belief that started by the Messiah is very disconnected from what the Messiah taught and from what the Messiah did. As a matter of fact, Christianity didn't come into existence in 200, until 100 years after his ascension. So the issue is, 
when we deal with this, I don't know what my question is specifically. But the you're you're talking about it, and you got about another couple of minutes there, brother. You're talking about who those people are in Israel. Then we're going to come back to the scriptures, start talking about all the scriptures we fulfill. So everybody get your scriptures ready, and we'll come to that in a second. But go ahead and finish up who those people are. Again, people are saying, just like you said, I accept, I follow you, but, man, if we Israel, who are those people over there in Israel? And don't forget, well, one thing I can share right now to brother, brother Terry, brother, brother Terry, brother Yeshua shared uh, some time back is that the land is killing them. It's the second, I think, highest cancer rate in the world, Israel. Now, if, you, if you're native there, if you're the people there, how is it destroying you? It's just little things like that people need to think about. But go ahead, brother Yeshua. Yeah, brother and, 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 the, and the number one um, uh population that has the highest cost, cost, uh, degree of skin cancer is South Africa. That should tell you a lot. Two people who were transplanted into lands that the land is foreign and the environment is foreign to their existence. That's good. That's um, good. Yeah, so that, that, that indicates a lot. And that's another thing. Uh, again, there are, there are a number of scriptures. The very thing is, is that scripturally is that we know that the Messiah clearly said that until the times of the Gentiles fulfilled, that Gentiles will be inherited the land of Israel, and that is what they are, t- and that is what they're doing. Uh, it's sure. the history, is brother yes, yes, sir. I apologize for the interruption, it's brother Yosef. The the I just wanted to quickly state this thing because I'm thinking to myself, what would it be like if I just was that person that went to church on Sundays, uh, listened to David and Goliath, and then went to sun, Sunday school and we talked about faith. This is what you call blown away. And for all the people that are listening, as I told you at the inception of this show, that this makes you have to go and look into these scriptures. The fact is that none of us have said opinion. Everything that we've said, we've given scriptures. The only opinion that we've given is when it pertained to the way that it impacted us. And so, again, there's two types of persons now on this show and one person's going to be the one that listens haphazardly, and this is entertaining. But then I call out the ones who want to know for certain. Get in and get these scriptures. As a matter of fact, I will commit to going back through this entire show, getting a litany of every scripture mentioned so that Brother Seth can put it on his next, uh, uh, next show so you'll have those available. Because if you don't get into those scriptures, everything that we're doing is just, just for just for us, we're sharpening ourselves, and you're just going to be left in the same position that you're in. Read the scriptures. Thank you for that moment. Elle. Absolutely. Go ahead. That's Absolutely. Good. That was good. And and one of the things again is that um, there are numerous scriptures, and what and what Brother Yosef just basically stated is the key to understanding. Is that we can give you scriptures, and we can give you things that you can and that you can identify. But you have to actually put in the work. And I found out that this is, the, this is problematic when it comes to people who are, quote, unquote, of the Christian faith. They don't like to put in to work. They would prefer to go to church and have the information disseminated to them by a pastor. That's how you get deceived. Because it talks about the children in the book of Acts. It says that the children of Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the, they received the word with gladness. But yet and still, they searched the scriptures daily to see if the things that the apostles taught were actually so. And, and our failure and neglect to abide by this principle has what has concluded in us and so many people being deceived in these last days. Because the scripture says that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. 
We talk about the issue. Many people now want to talk about, well, okay, if we're born again now, we're Israel. There is nothing in Scripture that alludes to the fact that if you're born again now, you replace physical Israel. As a matter of fact, if you go to, and I'll read, I'll read this scripture, and then I'll, let, uh, I'll go from set direction from there. But there's one more scripture, because I think this is clearly, it's very important that people understand this. In regards, in regards to the people who are over in the land, if you read the few scriptures that we've given you, they will lead you to more, and it will become very clear beyond a shadow of doubt that the people who now inherit the land, formerly known as Palestine, before then it was Israel, and before then it was called Canaan. The people who currently inherit Canaan are Gentiles. So if they're Gentiles, they cannot in any way possibility be Israelites. Now, a lot of people like to make a distinction and say, well, okay, a Gentile is anyone who is not an Israelite. That's not true according to what we just read in Genesis chapter 10, because even if you read in the New Testament, if you look up the Greek word for Gentile, the first definition you get is race. As in, in terms of ethnicity, not just somebody who is a foreigner and who is not an Israelite. So that's very important okay. information because, because what's going to happen is that you're going to encounter people who are going to try to restrict this message. And the first thing they're going to do is they're going to first talk about replacing theology and say, well, okay, it, it, whoever's born again, spirit filled, they're Israel. The other thing, again, is what they'll try to do is, again, they're going to try to restrict the message. So you're going to have to have, you're going to have to know, know the truth. And that we can give you scriptures, but like Brother John said, you're going to have to do the work. I have one last scripture, and then I'll turn it back over to Seth. Quickly, quickly, and brother. Okay, and that, scripture, and that scripture is in Romans chapter 11. And this is very, very important for this discussion, because just especially after the discussion that we had last week in regards to the flesh and the spirit. Romans chapter 11, and I'm going to begin with verse 4, and it reads as thus. I'll, no, I'll begin to say, it says, Romans. It says, I, this is Paul speaking. I say then, have Elohim cast away his seed where Elohim forbid. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Elohim has not cast away his people which he foreknow. What know you not that the scripture says to the liars that how he make his intercession to, it, to Elohim against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, they have digged down thy altars, I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what says the answer of Elohim unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Zell. Even so then, at this time, present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be a works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more. What then? So the issue is this, is that we can get, we're going to get into the scriptures, but the matter is that I want people to understand this here. When Paul talks about those who are Israel and who is not Israel, if you read the 9th, 10th, 11th chapter, when it talks about the, the child of the promise and the child of the flesh, well, it's real quick. People try to say, that okay, there's two different versions of Israelites. No. What it is is two different versions of Hebrews. You have the child of the promise who are the descendants of Isaac, and then you have the child of the flesh who was, Ish, who was Ishmael. So Paul is making an allegory and comparing the two. But some people are of the belief that, okay, there's two, that, that there's physical Israel and the spiritual Israel. But here's the thing is, is that in the combination of events, only spiritual Israel who are physical Israel will inherit the promises that the Most High made to Abraham and then conferred to Isaac and Jacob in a covenant. So that's very important to know because when you start addressing this issue, then what people want to do is say, well, it doesn't matter because now if you're born again, you're spiritual Israel. 
Well, I beg to differ. You're going to have to lay that down real quick. And when Paul says, and Israel, a, a true Jew, is one who is of the spirit and not of the flesh, then he's referring back to the purpose. And what was the purpose of Israel? That you would be a nation and a kingdom of priests unto me, unto the world. You go to Second Peter and then Peter repeats, repeats the same thing. It's on your side. Well, uh, Elishua, listen, I want to say this about you, brother. This brother right here, y'all ain't hear nothing yet. Trust me. You need to hear, and I want you to be thinking about, Brother Elishua, what the Scripture says about those that rule over you, how these ministers are supposed to be. Did y'all know that the Scriptures don't just talk about physical characteristics of Israel? We didn't even talk about, well, it talks about physical characteristics of Israel, I guess I should say. It talks about what the young people are going to go through. It talks about, this is the kind of scripture we're about to hit. Be thinking about this, everybody. And then I'm coming to you, Sister Eliana. The scriptures talk about general characteristics that's going to be on Israel. It talks about the clergy that's to rule over them. It even describes the people that rule over them. It says many times in the scriptures, folks, a nation come from the north, coming from the north, coming from the north. Jeremiah 1 talks about how the Father was going to call all, he used the word, all of the families of the north. All of the families of the north, all all the families of the north was called. This is why I said what I said in the beginning. Who are white people? The fathers orchestrated that. Who got violence didn't have to leave hey, Africa? Hold on, let me get this out. Brother, hold on, I got to get this okay. out. Hold on, hold on. Whoever's talking, hold on a second. The scripture says, Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, and whoever can just hold it for one quick second. I'll make this less than 30 seconds. And I mean 30 seconds. Folks, Deuteronomy 28, 46, Moses talking about the blessing of the curse that's supposed to be upon Israel. That's how we that's, that's how we really know we Israel. We look at what we're going through. And Listen, Jeremiah 1, who, when, why did he call all the nations of the north? Go figure that out. And how is it going to look if all the nations of the north come down, especially if they white? How is that land going to look after they're done? Go ahead with whoever had that uh, comment. Uh, uh, Brother Seth, you made, an, you made, you made a comment up, uh, earlier about regards to white supremacy. And I also want to know who these people are. It's real simple. White people are rejected people. And guess who rejected them? We did. Well, a lot of people don't understand. Me and my son was having this conversation. And the reason why come white people are in such desperation to maintain their prosperity because they're diminishing numbers in America and all around the world, because their fear is genetic annihilation. And the issue Absolutely. is that and what caused this mentality, this beastly mentality among white rulers, it is the issue of rejection. Remember, a leper was first a person of color before he became leprosy, and then when the leprosy turned out white, it says the person is cleansed. Well, what would happen if you're in a community of people who are highly religious, speaking of Israel, and they all, they all assume that when a person is struck with leprosy, it is because of a curse, because of a sin. And then you have a group of people who are walking around, a group of all black people looking like albinos, then the presumption is that, that those people are cursed. And it is that rejection that caused these people to leave, to migrate, and to isolate themselves in the caves and hillsides of Europe and the Caspian Sea. That's why we call them Caucasian, because they basically isolated themselves in the Caucasus Mountains because they did not intermingle with other uh, populations of people of color because they felt rejected. So the issue is we're dealing with a people who not only hate us and envious us because we represent what they once were, but who they are really angry with. And that's why come they have inherited lives and deceived the world and have us false and uh, worshiping false gods. 
They're angry with Yahweh Almighty. That's who they're angry with. Powerful. Powerful. If you don't get nothing else, that right there was a... Anyway, to me, that was a bam. That was a slam. But it's the truth. This rejection, folks. Listen. Got a question for you. We're going to sit on. I would love to hear what you have to say. I know she's been biting into chops still, but this is what I want to say to you. I want to say to all of those out there listening. Again, this show is full of love. There's nobody on this show, I believe, that hate white people. Nobody. Okay? So to get that out of your head, you just ain't no hater. We're trying to bring people to Christ. I know you probably say, now, well, y'all not talking about Christ. Come on now. Grow up a little bit. Grow up a little bit. What you going to do, kick out all the history teachers of the world? You're going to throw away all archaeology? You're going to throw away all history just because you want somebody to talk about Christ 24-7 all the time? That's not scripture. That's not biblical. It's not practical. It's not what Christ was about. He said, man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. Not just all the things that happened when Christ, all the things we inherit in the Spirit. That's the ultimate. That's what we're trying to get everybody to. We got we got to first make this thing relevant. We got to understand why we're going through. We got to see the love in this story, and the Bible says the goodness of the Father leads the soul to repentance. You can talk about who you are in Christ, but if somebody's not interested in Christ at all, what you gonna do then? So those of you, because we just did three shows getting slammed because we're talking about the flesh, talking about the flesh, and I asked, and I'm not gonna mention no names, but I asked if the person. Well, what do you do with history? You shut down all history of a people. You, nobody's going to talk about nothing the natural because we just voted all of you. It don't make sense. So, of course, like John was saying earlier, Brother Yakanan, somebody got a little noise in the background. Please watch that. But, a little noise in the background. But, folks, folks, we've got to know these things we're talking about today. Why? The father looked like he's just picking on his people. He looked like he's just angry with his people. And furthermore, he looked like he's just angry with all black folk. Why is Africa crawling, Ethiopia crawling, Haiti crawling, and all the white nations are blossoming? It looks like you could easily preach white supremacy. They're superior to y'all. They ain't perfect now, but they're superior. They're better off than we are. You're not going to understand why we can't come together, and that creates a disrespect and a self-hate among our people that we can't seem to come together. This whole crabs-in-the-bucket mentality. You need this information. You just don't want to stay here. You want to go on, and like Paul says, count this dung. Really, he said that. But at least he knew who he were was. He knew who he was. Israel knew who they were. But he kind of all done in comparison to who we are in Christ, like John was saying earlier. But we got to know, because it looked like the Father is picking on us. It looked like we're just ignorant, but dysfunctioning, some of us. And then even those of us that have the PhDs or the words and the masters, I mean, look at some of the stuff they're doing. Ben Carson... God, it's come from this crazy stuff. Another reason this is important is because the word of the Father, the word, the Bible is contradicting itself. If you place those people in Israel in Bible prophecy, you're going to have lots of contradictions in the Bible. 
Your Bible study is in jeopardy. Your Bible study is in jeopardy. And listen to Daystar and TBN. Your spiritual health is in jeopardy because they does not endorse Israel. So you simply listening to Daystar and TBN from Nourishment is in jeopardy because they are part of this big, they may not know it. They don't know who Israel is. So these are just some of the reasons. Middle East, all right now, they're over there as tension. Why? Wrong people in the land claiming the wrong thing. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East until we are known, until we are household name. And then another reason it's, it's, it's good to know is because nations of the world is going to want to help us. Not that we're doing it for that reason, but the Father's going to use nations of the world. They'll be our military. They will find us returning that remnant that uh, that, that was said earlier. <coughs> They will take care of us. Sister Eliana, you've been waiting patiently. Sister, what is on your mind? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, I was just listening, and everything that I was hearing, I was just really enjoying. And um, I do have some comments a l- on a little different, slightly different take on the whole thing about white supremacy and things like that. But I don't want to do it right now. I want to stay with the flow of what we're doing. But um, just commenting on how the scripture is powerful and how my brothers are just coming forth very, you know, strong, articulate, intelligent. And well, let me ask you something. Well, let me ask you something because I know you, you teach us, and so you, you'll know this. What are some scriptures that did it for you? Well, one of the things that did it for me is um, – when I, you know, I was when after I came back from Israel, I was told that I was a Hebrew, and then um, someone else came to me. This woman was an Ashkenazi this woman, and she said, "I know that you're a Hebrew, and you come from a royal family." Well, you know, we were supporting Israel at the time, and so I, I thought, "Oh, okay." But when she said that to me, I'm gonna be really, really honest. Because in my father's lineage, there there is some European from Europe. So what what I thought she meant when she said you are um, Hebrew or you're Israel or you're Jewish, I thought she was talking about that lineage that comes through my father's family ancestry for you know a couple generations back. And I thought that was my tie-in to being Jewish, not having a depth understanding of who the, the true Jews were, but I began to start to study. But what did it for me is she said, the father, and this woman was a Christian, so she was, um, what did you call her, a Messianic Jew. So she said, the father's going to take you back to Israel. And I had just come back from Israel. And um, within three days of her speaking this to me, I was actually back in the land. But what she said to me was, uh, the Father is going to show you the land of your ancestry and all the cities. And so the places I went to when I went back three days later to Israel, when I came home, I looked up, and these were all the, the territories of Judah. And I had actually stepped in those places. And that's what really did it for me. I mean, that was the deciding. It wasn't the curses or anything like that. It was the fact that the very places I went back to, Three days after her speaking this prophetic word to me, 
her being Jewish. And okay, hold, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Folks, I don't know who it is. I don't want to mute nobody's lines, but it's a little noise in the background. It's just going to come back when we play it back, so be careful. Go ahead. Okay, that noise in the background is my noise. It's my kids. My, uh, uh, my kids are busy, so. Oh, okay, um, okay. So I've been telling them to be quiet, and that's, I've been on mute because I know that they're, you know, they're just little, so they can't be quiet very long. So you're okay, um, sister. You get a you get a pass. Anyway, the 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 point for me was just what was spoken to me directly, what I experienced physically. I went back and I searched the scripture. I'm telling you, every place, and the only place I didn't go, and I was invited to on that second trip was Demona, and Demona also is one of the territories of Judah. And there, there are many cities, but Demona was one of the ones I didn't even know existed until I was in the airport. And a man from Demona said, you need to come to Demona. And I was like, wow. And uh, when I came back home and did my research and studied the scripture, I found out that everywhere else I had been, Jerusalem, all the other places were territories of Judah. And she spoke that word to me. The Father is going to take you to the land of your ancestry, to the actual cities of your tribe. And that's what happened to me. Three days later, I went. And at that time, I, I had booked my trip. My husband did not have he, – he wasn't even booked on the same flight or anything. And he, he wasn't even scheduled to go. But another friend said, your husband's going to go with you. And literally, the night before I was to fly out, a friend came over, paid for his trip, we called the travel agent, and miraculously they were able to seat us side by side on that flight that was already booked. Then they upgraded us to first class, and I went back first class to Israel, which was another, to me, was a sign that the Father was saying, you truly right, are. Right, right. Well, well, sister, let me say this because let, let me just say this real quick, and I'm just I'm 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 looking at the time, and I'm a little nervous because I have, this is a, a again a, a, a dummy show. Um, so I don't know if this is going to cut off in eight minutes, but if it does, remember everybody, call back, call back, call back. Even about three minutes, I'm going to do another show because we plan on going at least till we're done. Till you say, hear me say good night. So I just want to remind everybody that. Um, but Sister Eliana, before I switch and go to Brother John, Brother John, and uh, Brother, uh, so Brother John, I mean Sister Eliana, uh, you hear Deuteronomy 28 verse 68. And various scriptures like that. There are people tuned in. They're Bible thumpers. And you just gave something very powerful. And this is what it's going to take for everybody, really, to understand this revelation. The Father, like LSU was saying it too, he's got to reveal it to you. He, he's got to just reveal it to you. We can give you scripture after scripture after scripture. And speaking of scripture after scripture after scripture, in this show's even this dummy show, there is in the description there is a link that says click on this link for more information. I'm so glad I thought to say this, folks. If you need more scriptures, because we have to, we can't do it all in one night. Click on that link. I got over days of hours. Uh, I mean, we got we got two, three hours. I mean, just just a lot of information, books, pages all kind of stuff talking about this very thing with many scriptures. I counted over 300 scriptures, even on my Facebook page, on my wall. If you keep moving down, I got something where I says, 
I have over 300 scriptures, and I call myself naming 300. I think I stopped at like 30 because I'm just so busy. But you got 30 right there. And I literally name stuff like ships. The, the, the Israelis were never put in ships, taken anywhere. What did Moses say? In Deut- what he meant by Deuteronomy 28, verse 46 of Seattle, when he said, these things are going to be upon you forever. And he started naming all of these blessings and curses. Listen, those people died very soon. But in Deuteronomy 29, he says, this is not just for you, these blessings and curses. But those that are afar off. 2018, that's us. Deuteronomy 28, one more time, says those that are afar off. Folks, nobody lived out Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. We quote those two chapters because they got to seem like the most curses or characteristics of Israel. Because it ain't just all curses and blessings that they disobey in Deuteronomy 28. But those characteristics, we live them out more than any other people. So, Sister Yellen, before I go to Brother John, anything, any of those that stands out more than others, briefly, before I go to John? Well, actually, yeah. So, after I started doing my, my research, because it, it did, t- I'm going to be honest, it took me about three years to really wrap my head around and embrace that the scripture was really talking about me, me and, and particularly particularly African-American people. I had already started to study about the Ashkenazim. I found out, I read the book, The 13th Tribe, and how, you know, Arthur Kessler had yes, written. Yes, good, good book, He was Ashkenazi. He wrote the book. And, and it really, you know, you got to take this from his perspective. He was Ashkenazim. He was from the Caucasus Mountain, his tribe. He talks about that kingdom before they converted to what, they call, it wasn't Judaism, but when they started to accept our laws and, and, and teachings and, and stuff. And then later in the 1800s, a lot of people don't understand, Judaism was started in the, around the 1800s, not um, earlier, because it's a system of teaching of the rabbis, of, of the rabbis' comments on the scripture. That's really what it is. They don't study the scripture. They do not even read the Bible that much. They only studied what the rabbis say about the scripture. And so, because in my journey, when I thought that I was Jewish, I actually started going attending a synagogue for many years. So I actually studied and learned Judaism. And um, when I, that's why it took me so long for me to understand I was a Hebrew, because as I began to just study the scripture properly with Hebrew teachers, I began, the most I began to peel it like a banana, or an onion for me, layer by layer. So for a lot of us, the reason why they're on the show, the reason why they're listening, they've heard these scriptures, someone has said it, they've come across it on the Internet. But again, some of some of us listening, it's like an onion. You know, layers of white supremacy have to be um, peeled out of your life, layers of lies, layers of misconception, layers of religious dogma have to be peeled off of your spiritual, psyche, your psychological, uh, your emotional, and your, it's our whole worldview. We, our whole worldview has been distorted. And so the Most High has to literally peel those layers back a little at a time. And that's what it took for me. 
um, over the years to really fully embrace, even though I was getting, you know, direct spiritual um, confirmation in the scripture. Uh, it was when I started studying with Hebrew teachers on the Internet that I began to really understand. And, and I remember one teacher saying, particularly, unless you're studying with the Hebrew, you're never really going to understand the scripture the way it was meant, was meant for you to understand it. Now I have a better, fuller, uh, broader understanding of the scripture. I still believe in the Messiah, and I still hold that he came and he died for the sins of, of the world, although there's a question that it might have said for the sins of Israel. However, I believe that he is the Messiah that Moshe Avinu, Moses, spoke about back in Deuteronomy. So it takes it takes a Hebrew teacher that the Mosai has um, given the knowledge, a teacher like Elishua, teaching you the word clearly, line by line, precept by precept, scripture by scripture, some of the other brothers that are speaking the word, um, teaching Amen. you. You have to listen. You have to not be afraid to get the truth because until you sit down and learn it properly, you're going to be confused because those Christian teachers are not teaching you the truth. They're teaching you business, they're tickling your fancy, but the Hebrew teachers are going line by line, precept by precept, um, giving you the proper understanding, breaking down the word to you so that you can begin to process why you're in the condition why your family is struggling, why you can't get ahead, why you're the first fi- uh, hired, the first, the last hired, I'm sorry, first fired, why they're still shooting our young men. When we're praying, we're having vigils, we're calling on the name of the, of the Lord. Unless you're sitting down with Hebrew teachers that are knowledgeable, seasoned, well-grounded, not the ones that are cursing and calling you ignorant. See, I think a lot of people are turned off because, there are those out there saying these things, and they're making fun of the Hebrews. I think those are not real, um, truly Hebrew people because they don't have the right heart of the Father. And so when you're hearing a teacher that knows the Word and they're teaching you properly, you will get the understanding. And it might take a couple of years for the Most High to peel back the layers, but that's okay. The Most High is not nervous. He's very patient. And he's long-suffering. So, yes, Deuteronomy 68, you know, I remember being in a Christian church early, 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 early on, and somebody showed me that. And it hit me like somebody slapped me, but I had no understanding. It stuck in my spirit. I couldn't even tell you where that verse and chapter was again. But as I many years later studied with the Hebrew teachers, it came up again, and that was I would say that was what sealed it for me. That's what was the 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 nail in the in the in the coffin, and so to speak, that actually sealed this really this real understanding that we it was prophesied we would be taken back to Egypt in ships. We were the only group of people ever to be taken in ships, and that happened through the transatlantic slave trade. So that prophecy was prophesied thousands of years ago. But it happened in what we consider modern times. So this is why you have to study. The scripture says, study to show thyself approved unto Yah. And you cannot get this understanding unless you study with the Hebrew teacher. 
powerful sister. I really appreciate this. And again, y'all, um, uh, Sister Eliana does this in Merced. Uh, she's been doing it for years. Um, and uh, just tune in to any of the shows. You can get more information on her. And uh, uh, Sister Eliana, really quick, like in 30 seconds, I do mean 30 seconds, let them know how they can find, how to get a hold of you for more information, please, quickly. Quickly. Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of me, you can um, you can email me at Beth Shalom, and that's B-E-T-H, Shalom, House of Peace, J-G, at uh, gmail.com. Also, you can look me up on Facebook. It is... And ho- hold on a second. Hold on. Let me interrupt you. Because i got 10 seconds here. I- I'm interrupting you for a very good reason. Folks, if this show shut off, we're not done. Just call the number back. Give me about a couple of minutes. To, I mean, it'll take me no more than 60 seconds, maybe 120 seconds to set up another show. I don't know if it's going to cut off or not. We'll see. Starting right now. So, Sister Eliana, go ahead. Um, Sister Eliana, don't scare yeah. me like that now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought you were just playing Cecilia. <laughs> no, yeah. you know, I had Go ahead, you guys have to remember I've got three active kids. Okay. Um <laughs> you can get me on uh Facebook, Beth Shalom Mashiach, and that's um M E S H I A C. It means House of the Messiah's Peace, Beth Shalom Mashiach on Facebook. And that's really okay. the best okay. way to reach out to me. All right. Uh, All right. Want to get a hold of me? So again, All right. my okay. uh, email: Beth Shalom J G J G for Jaffa Gate, which is a a gate in Israel, uh, at gmail dot com. Okay, brother John. Again, any scriptures? Um, I know one. I'm gonna let you do it. Any scripture comes to mind when you're when you're talking to those that say, "I need scriptures." Where are y'all getting this from? I will say this before Brother John say anything, and I'm gonna say it really quickly, folks. The people in Israel, you have to ask yourself this question. Again, we have over 300 scriptures. I'm gonna have to do a part two. I've been talking about this on a lot of shows. Again, Google Five Smooth Stone. Blog Talk Radio, Black Biblical Hebrew. Arlene have done shows with me. These brothers have done other shows. We've done over probably 30 shows where we've talked about nothing but scriptures, scriptures, scriptures. Just tonight, we're having to lay a foundation, and, and we're just coming at different ways historically and all of this. So just bear with us. Be patient with us. We're going to get into more scriptures. But you've gotten really enough. And you got to ask yourself this question. Where is your proof? Some of you fighting, we get fighting mad over this and say, oh, we not know. But when I ask you, how do you know those people in Israel? You just say because everybody else said. Where's your scripture? What proof do you have? I mean, really. Think about that one. I submit to you, those people have not lived any of the scriptures that's to be on a nation. I say this all the time on WCVG, uh, not, uh, yeah, WCVG in Cincinnati. I would say this and I would hang up. Never got a, t- never got a taker. Anyone that can prove me wrong, call the show. Never got a taker. All kind of ministers in Cincinnati. Those people in Israel, much love and respect to, does not live out any. Oh, they became a nation in 1948. Really, go to that page and look to this link, the bottom of the link. It's going to have, at the bottom of the show description, it's going to have a link. 
It says, for more information, click here. Click there and go to the video that says, who are those people? They don't live on none of the scriptures. 1961, there was a world war. I mean, excuse me, not 1961, but in World War One. They tricked Germany. They tricked the losers of World War One into going. To, they tricked American people into getting into World War One and defeated the Germans. And they they said to those that lost because World War One Germany first won, and they told those that was defeated, we can get you the victory if you get America in. If they said we can get you the victory, we can get America in the war. And they got America. I'm speeding a long story up. And they got America in the war. Germany was defeated, and they said, you got to promise us Palestine. This is what the whole Balfour Declaration is all about. Go to the page and look up Balfour Declaration, the Balfour Doctrine. Look it up. Go ahead, Brother John. Okay. I'm going to say this in closing because I have to run. Um, First, as it pertains to scriptures, everyone that has listened to this show, I am assigning you homework in the event that you're in between us two. Are these guys really hitting these scriptures correct? Because that's a lot of scriptures. It's actually, it's overkill. And then Seth topped it off with the Balfour Declaration. That's a lot. That's a lot. I'm going to give you some homework and you can either be like those of Thessalonica who didn't do the study or those who were the Bereans who did do the study. It's only two things. Deuteronomy 28, just read it through. It's the blessings and the curses. We've mentioned it several times. It should take you no more than five minutes to read through it. And then an extra biblical source, which Sister Eliana already made mention of, um, the 13th tribe by Arthur Kessler. That last name is spelled K-O-E-S-T-L-E-R, if I'm not mistaken the 13th tribe, that will give you unequivocal evidence of who the people are in that land. Read that through. Read that through. It's a very good read. I'm confident you can find it as a PDF on the Internet. And before I go, I'm going to leave you with one scripture because it's important that we recognize the issues that we deal with they're right there, yes, in Deuteronomy 28. But here's what you need to understand about that. It, it, oftentimes, the Most High will open your eyes to something at a specific time frame because it's not meant for you to know prior to. I'm going to read to you Romans 9, and I'm going to start with verse 21. And what this addresses is, what is our plight? Why are we going through this? Why do we always have to have our young men killed out on the streets? Why, why, why do our women have to deal with the, the misogyny? Why do we have to deal with all these different things? Uh, we can't build wealth. We get redlined when it comes to real estate. We can't get the necessary loans or, or uh, we, we get left behind in education. Seth hit those just a moment ago, and Eliana, Sister Eliana followed up just a moment ago, and I'm going to read this to you. Romans 9, 21. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? If you looked at our given situation, you would absolutely think that this has to be those, that lump that was made unto dishonor. 
However, if you read on, it states in verse 22, what if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had up or prepared unto glory, even us whom he's called, whom he's called not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. I draw your attention to he afore prepared unto glory. Folks, we are sitting smack dab in the middle of the end times. The fact that Sister Eliana, Brother Yashua, who, by the way, if you want that lineup online, precept on precept, yes, Brother Elishua, he got it for you. Brother Yashua got it for you. Apostle Patrick Reynolds of Fort Worth, Texas, Reverend Chris of the Aletheia Temple, all you have to do is reach out to Brother Seth. He can put you into contact with the persons if you want to get into a local sit-down. Not a church. Stay with the church you're at. But sit down with somebody and have that discussion. Befriend someone. Because you've been a prepared unto glory. It's true. Odd that we are all here together on this line. A prepared. We know one another. This is a particular group of persons that create our little A-team, so to speak. This is, this is our special ops team right now. And, folks, we invite you to join. However, you cannot join unless you understand, and you cannot understand if you do not read. And whether you understand and read, I, uh, I implore you, open your heart to the Messiah. Ask him to give you insight, understanding, but most of all, give you relationship with the Father. And with that, I say peace, Seth. L, I get it all around the way. Brother Yashua, it's good hearing your voice again, sitting under your teaching. It's been a minute. Sister Eliana, thank you for the eloquence. Y'all have a good rest of your evening. Well, thank you, brother, and I appreciate that. That was Brother John. And uh, but just for the record, everybody, brother, um, the uh, I didn't think Brother John be able to go the whole show. I appreciate him doing it as much as he did. Brother um, Yashua in Columbus's number dropped after 10 o'clock. And you know what happens when your phone drops after 10 o'clock, right? But but we do still have uh, Sister Eliana, as well as Brother, the one and only, all the way from Fort Worth, Texas, Brother Elishua. So, Brother Elishua, I'm going to come to you now. And, uh, again, I like to know, this, people like to know, scriptures that did it for you are scriptures where it shows clearly uh, we've talked about slave ships and, uh, and uh, we've talked about houses led by women in our previous show yes the scripture says that when Israel went into captivity folks their houses were led by women I know King Saul and all of these stories we read about but read in the background what is happening to the houses in Israel not so much the king and where the limelight is but the nation the vast majority of the nation those houses were led by women when they was in captivity I'm talking about when they were in captivity, not so much when Saul them was ruling, because that's when, of course, they had their own land there. But I'm talking about when they went into captivity to, to the various Babylonians and all this. These these nations, they was living just like we are, okay? Uh, and Brother Yeshua, Brother Elishua, uh coming to you in about 15 seconds here. Deuteronomy 29 and 15 is what I was saying earlier where it talks about, and I'll read it real quickly. It says, neither with you do I only make this covenant. And this oath, 15, that's 14. But with him that standeth here with us today before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day, 
That says it too, but there's some actually some scriptures that see said it even clear, those that are far off. So just know that folks. Brother Elishua, what scriptures do you see in the scriptures in the in the in the Bible where nobody could live that out but African Americans and if there is another nation doing it, they're nothing more than a sister's tribe, one of those scattered tribes. Go ahead. Um, the main bulk of scripture you're going to find in Deuteronomy 28 because what it does is it gives clear descriptions of what would be followed Israel in the last days. That's a significant point, is that it describes what would be Israel in the last days based upon their obedience or their disobedience. As we know from history, they have disobeyed. Uh, Israel has disobeyed the Most High. That's why come they were put out of the land. That's why come Gentiles now inherit the land. Because they have disobeyed. Um, there are scriptures in Isaiah, but I will tell people this is that we can give you a few scriptures. Some of the scriptures that have listed, a great many have been listed, Deuteronomy 28. Uh, if you go to um, the, I think it's the 28th chapter of uh, Isaiah, uh, other scriptures that, that it's heard. But then you have to use this. Here's the thing. Um, and this is where I think that my I can best convey this to you all. Let me give you a brief synopsis of what you would call Hebrew-Israelite Messianic history. Let's begin with the Messiah. When the Messiah came into Israel, when the Messiah came, he came not for Gentiles, he came not for the world. He came for Israel, but Israel rejected him. And he said, because you rejected me, the kingdom should be taken unto you and given to another who will bear fruits. We have Paul that clarifies that in the Romans, the 10th chapter and 11th chapter, where he talks about <coughs> Gentiles have now been engrafted in into the tree. And is a result of Israel's backslidden state. Now, let's go. In the first century, after the destruction of the temple, what we know is Christianity was moved from the home base of Jerusalem to Rome. That actually happened in the second century. Christ's uh, lifetime in the first century ascended around about the year 33, 34, 35, uh, what they would say, A.D. Okay, uh, then after the destruction of the temple came a destruction of Jews. Those Jews were dispersed, or Israelites, the only thing were called Jews because they were of the southern kingdom of Israel after the tribe of Judah, which made up the largest tribe of all the Israelites, and they were called Judah. So the epithet Judah is uh, Jew is actually an abbreviation of the word Judah. You see it's first presence of Second Kings, I think it's chapter 16, verse 9. Uh, I, I, know exact, I know for sure it's in the 16th chapter of Second Kings. And that's where you first have the first mention of the word Jew. And that came as a split between the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom as a result of Solomon's disobedience is that the kingdom split. And Rehoboam took one kingdom, then another, took another kingdom. So we have to now a split kingdom. We have Israelites and then we have Judah. During the time of Christ's presence on the planet, he was in Judea, and the people who were present then was the kingdom of Judah. After the destruction of the temple, the Jews were dispersed. Now, in the scriptures here, and let me get to this real quick. In the scriptures here, when you read Deuteronomy 68, 28, 64, it begins this. And Yahweh shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there shall serve other gods which neither thy nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. Now, remember, it says that he shall scatter you among all people. Now, let's be very clear about this. The people who we now refer to as Jews, those Ashkenazis, they were not scattered among all people. They migrated from lands to lands, and the reason why come they went from nation to nation, because they were constantly being put out. 
because they would come in and they use usury, and they would come in, they would make loans to the people, they would use, um, I forget the thing, compound interest. They're the one who invented compound interest. And what would happen is that after 30 or 40 years, they would own up the bulk of the real estate. And so what happens, countries were putting them out from place to place. They've never been taken captive. They've never been enslaved. Now, true, you can say that they were taken captive, but remember, no one went to Germany, stole them, transplanted them, and took them to another place. They were already in Germany when the Holocaust took place. And the reason that the Holocaust took place, as Seth alluded to it, it revolved around the issue of the Deathflower Declaration. Because the Jews were living in Germany, they were treated very well, many of them held very prominent positions, they were very wealthy. And so when, the, when Germany was in war against Britain, then what happened is that these elitist Jews went to Britain and they made a deal. And the deal was, as Seth just said it, we were involved, America, we would bring America into this war. Because what was about to happen, British was about to concede to victory. They were about to concede to war to Germany because Germany had won the war decisively and it was about to be concluded over with, and then these Jews went and met with the prime minister of Britain. And remember, they're citizens of Germany. They're citizens of a country that has treated them very well, that's allowed them to prosper. And now they go, and as an act of betrayal, they go to Britain and say, we will get America involved in the war. Now, you've got to understand how the Germans react to that. That was an absolute betrayal. We have won the war. We have won the victory. And citizens from our own nation now come into cahoots with our oppressors or those whom we are in war with. And as a result, Germany ends up losing the war or the the decline of war. So what happened as an act of betrayal, yes, they begin to persecute their people, same thing that Americans would do, and this nation to anybody who did that. So that's where that conflict comes in. And, and since they made the deal, one, they won the war. When Britain and, and, and America won the war, then they gave, them, they gave the Palestine as a gift or as a reward or payment in full for what the Jews did in convincing the American government to get into the war. Now, let's take the history and let's go back to the first oh. the temple. The temple is now destroyed. Uh, it was, it was destroyed as a result of an uprising by Jews because what happened is that they were defiling the temple, they were defiling the land, and so the Jews began to fight back. The Israelites began to fight back. As a result, the Israelites were defeated, and they were dispersed after the destruction of the temple. Now, when you go back to the scripture, Deuteronomy 68, and it says this, I believe 60, I'll go back 65, and among these nations shall thou find no ease, neither shall the soul of thy foot have rest. Hey, can, we can relate. But the Lord shall give thee a, a trembling heart and failing eyes and sorrow of mind. Is that not our, our, our reality? Has that not been our experience? And thy life shall wow. hang in doubt before thee. And thou shalt fear day and night, and thou shalt have no assurance of thy life. That means as a black man, I can walk out on the street, and literally, I'm, I, if I'm just walking to the store, I can be misidentified as a criminal suspect, and I am shot without any reference, without judge, jury. The police officer becomes the executioner. And we have a government that, that backs this and promotes this, and they get the backing from the states. And that's why I come police officers feel emboldening and doing what they do because they know they are backed by the state and the judicial system. They know that they should not reap any recompense or there should not be any re- retribution for their crimes. Our life hanging in the balance. Verse 66. 
and thy light shall hang in death before thee, and thou shalt feel day and night should have no assurance of my life. And the morning thou shalt say, Would God it were even, and at even thou shalt say, Would God it were morning. For the fear of thy heart were without fear, for the sight of thine eyes shall, shall thou see. And Yahweh, the Lord, shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by way whereof I spoke unto thee. Thou shalt see it no more again, and there shall you be sold unto your enemy for bombing. And his. Now, here's the history. If you read the book of Josephus, what Moses prophesied would take place is exactly what took place. Many of the Israelites were dispersed, and they were literally taking the captives back into Egypt. And many of them, after the destruction of the temple, because what happened is they destroyed Egypt, they were hanging Israelites from the trees. Literally, there were certain roads you could walk down Jerusalem, and that's where we get the term lynching from. This is where it comes from. They were hanging Israelites so many that when you walk down a boulevard, what we would consider to be a boulevard now, all you saw was Israelites, dead Israelites, hanging from the tree, and they pushed them out. And when they pushed them out, they went from a southerly course. A southerly course from Israel is North Africa. Now, as the scripture says clearly there, it says you should be sold. Then what happened is because wherever we went, we flourished because we were keeping the law just as the prophet prophesied to the people in the book of Deuteronomy. He said that nations should be in a maze because they will say, what nation is it that has such wise laws from a great God that they're able to govern and they're able to succeed at the extent that they did? So what happened, jealousy and envy ensued. And what took place is Africans began to sell us into slavery. The first people that they sold us into slavery was not the European transatlantic slaves, but it was the Arab Saharian slaves. They were selling us to various nations in Africa. At the time, Islam was on the rise, and they were selling us to various nations. And then come along about 200 years later, and then you come to this thing with the uh, – no, more than 200 years later, you come to this thing called the Atlantic Trans, the, uh, the transatlantic, the European transatlantic slave trade. And now remember what the scripture says. That is the only event in the history of the world by which a person or a people were dispersed to all ethnicities throughout the world. Only the European transatlantic slave and the sub-Arab transatlantic slave, sub-Arab Atlantic slave, uh, sub-Arab sub-Saharian slave trade. There is no other event in the history of mankind for any people where they were dispersed to such a degree as we were doing those two slave trades. So as the Messiah said, you should be taking captives into all nations. Now after the European now after the Europeans, the Gentiles, the Greeks, and the European the Romans have pushed Israelites out of Judea, now they're in the northern part of Africa, they're taken into slavery. Guess what happened? Now we come back to the king of Baal, who is, the, they are Turkish people. So when the scripture talks about those people of the north, well, you have, to, you have to make sure that when you say the people of the north, and when you try to identify the people of the north, it has to be in proximity to the land of Judea. It has to be in proximity to the land of Israel. So if you go north of Israel, you're going to find yourself in places like Russia and Turkey. As a matter of fact, the people who were living in the land before the migration of Europeans by Christians bringing them into the land under Zionism, those people, the only white people who lived there, Europeans, they were Turkish. So that's why I come in the scripture. It says that I will put a hook in your nose and I will pull you back into the land. And when he pulls them back the next time, he's going to pull them back to, to, for judgment. That's what we call the Warmageddon. They're going to be surrounding Israel. Why? Because they're going to be coming after us. Now, let's continue with the history. 
So what happened is the king of Bull, what happened is he was in, he was in, he had a dilemma. The, the Islamic caliph was coming from the east, and they were conquering everybody. And then you had the Christian crusades coming from the west. So the king of Bulur had to make a decision. Do I align myself with the Christian crusaders from the west, or do I align myself with the Islamic caliph from the east? They understood we want to remain independent, so we will choose neither. So what they did is they adopted what was what we had practiced, the Yahwehism, the monotheistic, monotheistic one belief in the one God, Yahweh, or Yahweh. And what they did is they actually took priests, or they took rabbis, and they transplanted them to their land, and they had these people teach their citizens uh, the, the Torah, and they also built synagogues in the land. So what happened is, remember, these people are Europeans. They're not Israelites. They have just usurped the religion that we know is Judaism. Now, the distinction that Sister Aliana was making between Judaism and, and the belief of the monotheistic belief in the Torah of what our ancestors taught is that what happened after the destruction of the temple, then they had a thing called rabbinical Torahism because there was no more temple because the whole religious Activity revolved around the temple. All the particular certain feasts where you had to come to Jerusalem three times a year, that revolved around the temple. Now the temple is no more according to the Messiah's prophecy because he said that there should not be one stone left upon another and it shall be thrown down. And he said after that, he said, you will be dispersed. You will be taken captive to the four corners of the earth. So what happened is these people, the, then we have the people who were there present, our ancestors, they took on what was rabbinical. Judaism, if you want to put it that way. What they did is they taught what you would say the oracle laws or the oracle interpretation, the oracle narratives. And the further they got away from it as the years proceed, then what happened is, Sister Aliana alluded to, and around about the 14th or 15th century, then they began to, they began to put more promise into the Talmud than they did the law, than they did the Torah. They usurped the Talmud over the Torah, and the Talmud if you read it, consists of basically what they give Kabbalah from. It's a bunch of witchcraft and sorcery. So when the Bible says those who say they're Jews but are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, it's talking about a people who actually worship the devil. That's the distinction. First of all, they claim to be Jews. We never claim to be Jews. We always say we're Israelites. We have never made claims to be Jews, even though we are from the southern kingdom of Judah, which we are authentic Jews, but we don't claim that. As a matter of fact, most people who promulgate, promulgate this message will tell you, I don't identify myself as Jews because it's too close to them. They are the only people on the planet for the last 300 years, 400 years, who claim to be Jews. But if you check their theology, you check their doctrine, and you check their practice, you find out these are some of the most demonic-inspired people on the planet. And if you read in Revelation, the fourth chapter, it talks about who it is, and it says that these people come from the seat of Satan. That's the Captain Sea. That's the Caucasus Mountains. And Revelation, the fourth chapter, it literally says that they come from the seat of Satan. And then it names the same people when it says in Revelation 2 and 8 and 3 and 8, and it says those who say they are Jews but are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. So what we have is we have people who were proselytes who converted to the religion in, 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 in antiquity. And now they have been perceived to be the people of the book. 
But if you read Deuteronomy 32 and Deuteronomy 28, you will find that they do not match up to the prophecies of what was determined. And now let's deal with the serious thing. Let's deal with the common sense. And that is this issue here. How could these people be white in the Middle East 2,000 years ago before the invasion of Napoleon? So my question is, those people were all people of color. Another thing is, how could if Jesus, if Yahweh shot, or Jesus, as he's referred to, was a European, how could he hide out in an all-black nation called Egypt? Does not the scripture say that Joseph and Mary took him to, to hide from Herod and they went into Egypt? Egypt was all black. You're the only white person running around. How could you hide there? Because you weren't white. You were black. Now, the other empirical evidence point. is point. Seth, Seth can testify to this. If you go into the, into, into the uh, pyramids in Egypt, they now do not allow people into it. Why is that? They said they're doing construction. Why is all of a sudden when this truth started coming forth, they said now there were no more visitors allowed into the pyramids? This is why. Because in those pyramids is empirical evidence that cannot be refuted and cannot be diminished. They have on the walls a thing called hieroglyphics. Those ancient people wrote in pictures what we call word pictures. They would write pictures to tell a story. And if you look in there, all those people were people of color, and you have these Egyptians, and you have a, a caravan of slaves behind them, and they're Hebrews, and they all have kinky hairs and full face beards. Those are not Europeans. So how could those people over there be Israel? See, here's the problem. It's a thing called propaganda, and the scripture talks about a seduction and doctrines of demons. That's what we have inherited. I showed you the scripture there in 16.9 Jeremiah. It says the Gentiles have inherited lies, and now they have promulgated those lies throughout the world. And I will tell you this. If you would just take the time and the opportunity to read the scriptures, to read them at face value. I stopped watching Christian TV for about four years. The reason why is because I realized a lot of my thoughts, my beliefs, and my understanding of scriptures were informed by Gentile evangelical Christianity. I had presuppositions based upon what I was taught, and it actually caused me to read the scripture in a perverted manner. I didn't read it at its face value, and I was making the scripture say things that it was not saying. So I would, I would say to anybody, I would challenge you, go back, pick up the book, ask the Holy Spirit to, get, to cause the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened that you know what is the hope of his calling. That's Ephesians 1 and 17. So that you can see the scripture for what it is. The Bible is a history book. It is a history book of redemptive history in whom the Lord chose a particular people, Israel. And when we come into the last days, all those prophecies you read about from Isaiah all the way to Malachi. My last point here is that when Seth talked about this, and I realized that the basic uh, people, viewers that were listening to this show, I started thinking this. When you read in Joel 2.28, now, the bishop would do good to read the scripture. Reading Joel 2 and 28. It says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he gets specific. He says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to Israel. Now let's roll over about 300 years later. We're at the day of Pentecost. And there are all of these Jews that are gathered around from all over the world, the Mesopotamian area. Now, I was led to believe in Christianity that that was a multiracial, multi-ethnic gathering. It was not. It was a gathering of Jews, Jews that had migrated 
to other lands and the Jews who had not come back to Jerusalem as a result of when they were taken taken captives by the Babylonians. So the only people who were there who were not non-Israelites were proselytes, people who had converted, the stranger among us who had come to live there and become converted. There was no other ethnic group of people. So if we want to be spiritual, we want to talk about it, the Holy Spirit was poured out first upon Israel, not Gentiles, Israel. So the scripture clearly says your sons and your daughters should prophesy. Now, I would say this to everyone to believe. I've come to this conclusion. After years of work, research, investigation, years of, of engaging people on this matter, and I've come to the conclusion. Seth Turner, Sister Aliana, and there are a number of more, Brother Yahshua, these people are the exception to the rule. Most of the people who are going to embrace this truth and live in this reality and become their glorious people and to make up their glorious church that Christ is coming back for, that was no spot or wrinkle, they're going to be Israel. Part of the reason why come we have so much deception in the Bible is because we have been taught the scripture by Gentiles. But the Gentiles were never given custodian of the scriptures. When you read in Romans, again, we're back in the New Testament, and the ninth chapter, I think it's the 11th chapter, and it says, who is Israel? It says, to them was committed the oracles of the faith. To them was committed the covenant. It was given to Israel. It says that salvation cometh by Israel. Why? Because Christ came through Israel. And then when you come in the millennial reign, who do you have ruling and reigning with Christ from Jerusalem? You have Israel. So people, I would tell you, why do I teach this message? It's real simple. I want to understand prophecy. I want to understand what's going on in the last days. And heretofore, I was deceived. I was inaccurate. I understood that certain things were not making sense. So when all of a sudden I got this key and it unlocked the door, and now I say, oh, now I understand. It makes sense. Christ said this. In Matthew 24, he said that in the last days, he says, you, it says that you shall be hated of all nations. Who was he speaking to? He wasn't speaking to Christians. There was no such thing as a Christian. And at that, and at that time, there was no born, born believers he was talking to. He was talking to Israel. He said in the last days, he said, you shall be hated all men, by all nations, by all ethnicities. We're not just hated in America. If we go to Europe, we're hated. Even if we go to Africa, we're despised by those who sold us into slavery. Africans sold us into them. So the fact is, is that if you look at the book, no other people lines up, line upon line, precept upon precept, every dot and every tittle to point up to the identity of who Israel is. And there's no other people on the planet that can meet those requirements but the descendants of the European transatlantic slave trade. Thank you, Seth. Powerful, 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 brother. I was just sitting there just letting you do your thing, and I really enjoyed it. I know somebody was blessed by what you just said. And, I just wanted um, to comment, too. That was, that was excellent. That was such a, a well, well uh, documented and just rundown of history in brief. I mean, that was just beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll pray to the most Go ahead, Cecilia. What you done? I also wanted to say that, um, you know, while uh, Brother um, Elshua was speaking, I thought about something when he was talking about uh, bringing it out about um, how the, the lies have gone forth. I was just thinking about 
in 2002, and this is for the listeners particularly, I really want you guys to pay attention, about how um, in the churches I remember at that time, 2002, I was still going to a Christian church, but I was also kind of really starting to get a, a better understanding. But I remember the the um, the minister was saying it's the turnaround year, and they were and they were saying it's two if you turn the year around 2002, it's a turnaround year, and they prophesied that God was going to do all this turnaround stuff in 2002. Well, none of the stuff they prophesied happened. Then we came to uh, June 6, 2006, and I never forget how I had people calling me. And by this time, I was really walking in a better knowledge, better understanding of being a Hebrew. I had people calling me because what they saw was 6, 06, 06, 06. And many people thought that that was uh, 666, that Satan was coming, the end of the world, all this fear. And, you know, a lot of the churches supported uh, stuff like that, looking at the Gregorian calendar, 666, you know, trying to have a revival, asking people to come in for prayer. This is a good time to bring your families in. But all of these were lies because it had nothing to do with the with the calendar of the most time. Wow. So, it's just so powerful how uh, our brother was just sharing. Unless, and, and I had said earlier, unless you're studying with a Hebrew teacher, you, you can't trust what you're listening to on Daystar, TBN. You can't trust these people. They start out telling you the word, and they end up being um, salespeople for infomercials. I, I sent Brother Seth uh, an infomercial from one of these people who used to have a TV a prayer ministry or whatever, Christian prayer ministry now selling fear and um, some generators. I mean, it's just like they they have run out because we're in the last days, and, and unless you're studying with Hebrews, you're not going to understand the scripture. They're going to have you twisted. They're going to have you afraid. I would never forget when um, a two, year 2000 was coming in, Y2K. The churches were so afraid that it was going to be the end of the world People were talking about survive all of these things. They are led by the spirit of fear, and and the Most High clearly said, "I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind." So, if you're having a hard time out there in the listening audience, still believing that you are Hebrew, if you are. Hello, 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 Sister Eliana. I hear a little noise. I don't know where it is at, but it's very loud. That was me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so if you're out there in the listening audience and you're, and you're listening to all this and saying, wow, and I know, I know the Father had to have downloaded all of that information directly into your, into your spirit um, of what you just heard. And so if you are still kind of wavering because you're still caught in that mindset of Christianity, um, think about the things that you've heard in the last 18 years since 2000 to 2000, we're in 2018, 18 years, what have you heard? Every time the calendar turns, they try to make it some prophecy of, you know, even the Christian, I, I never forget, I can't remember what year it was, but it was um, this teacher on the radio, Harold Camping, was for sure telling everybody that that year was going to be the end and the rapture was going to come, and he was found to be a liar. They went to his house a few days later, 
and he said, oh, well, I must have got it wrong. Well, you know how many times he got it wrong? And so many people sold their homes, went to wait in the wilderness. All of this foolishness, when they ha- and they're reading the book, but not with the right understanding. And if you've been caught up in that loop, a lot of people are leaving the churches because they, they, they realize they are not getting the truth. And if you really want the truth, you need to sit down and get some education from a true Hebrew who is teaching you the proper understanding of the scripture. Because yeah. you will not know unless you are getting it from the right source. Powerful. I hope y'all heard what Sister Eliana just said. That was powerful yourself, sister. See, because, listen, this is what I learned. I was laying across the bed, folks, and we're closing the show a little bit. I was laying across the bed, and, and I've always said, we're just like those Hebrews, like people. I didn't even say it like that. I was just saying, we're just like those Jews. Now, I wasn't trying to be a Jew then. I was one of those that went to a church where you say, pray for the nation of Israel, blah, 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 the whole nine yards, just like Sister Eliana. And like Brother Ellisure, we kind of went to the same churches there for a minute. That's all we knew. We weren't trying to be no Jews. So y'all, those of you that, you really got to know people, you know, you got to listen. You can't turn on YouTube and go listen. There's a lot of respected synagogues and churches that believe this way. They just don't make this their number one focus. Children, children, they do this. They make it their focus because they're babies in the faith. So like Cecilia said, you got to go around some seasoned people. you got to go around some seasoned people. And by the way, I, I didn't mention the last three shows or the minister, or the, but I do want to say one thing about something called controlling witchcraft. To say after you've taught Please something, do. To say after you taught something that, you know, if you come against the Word of God, something's going to happen to you. Well, that is true. I said it's true. But to say it after we preach this, if I say, now listen, those of you that don't heed to the Word of God, you can get diabetes, you can get, you can get, they wind up dead, you know, that'll scare you into believing this way. Please, let's not do that. Free the people. That's called control. Some people call it witchcraft. After you minister, you can say that those that, you know, that, that obey this, be blessed and all that, but if you can put it in such a way, if I was going up against Sister Eliana and I said, you know, all I can say is, Sister Eliana, you do what you want to do, but those that follow the will of God, because people have died to not, not obeying the truth, it can scare people to come mile past. Death is out there, sickness is out there for all that disobey the law, all that disobey the Father, and those that are crafty and in all unrighteousness. On both sides. Those that are pro-cross, pro, those that are against the cross, just because you're talking about Christ all the time doesn't mean you're right. Because if the Father is doing something with natural, biological, fleshly Israel, and you fight against that, remember what you said. Those of you that preach all this damnation that's coming on folks that fight against the Father, you remember that. 
If the Most High is in what we're saying, and you fight against it, you're not fighting against us. My battle is not with none of you. We had a man, uh, these last three shows was the brother, I think the father is using him to wake us up and to remember, yes, you know, the flesh, there's some limits in it. He's absolutely right. It profits you nothing in comparison to our spiritual identity. But we, if the father want to wake up natural, biological flesh to Israel, it is not my business. I'm going to do what he tell me to do, preach what he tell me to preach. But he did instruct me, too, that it's not enough. It's not enough. So we're saying tonight it's not enough. Sister Eliana? Yeah. Again, it's not enough. It's not enough just to know Israel. But remember, our forefathers are Israel and they perish. So I'm not going to do like I did last time, how to show the cutoff on us. I, I mean, uh, uh, I'm going to say this. I want Brother Elisha to give me the final words, and I do mean in less than 30 seconds. And we're going to see. We may do a part two. Stay tuned. So Brother Elisha, uh, uh, please, 30 seconds. I do mean 30 Excellent. seconds. My last word, Acts chapter 5, verse 34. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamal. This is the man who taught Paul, a doctor of the law, head and reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And said unto them, You men of Israel, take heed to yourself what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves who were slain, and as all, as many obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of Texan, and drew away much people to him after and perished not. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will, be, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. The admonition that was given last week was witchcraft, manipulation, domination, and control based on fear. But I'll okay. say to you people, last thing, last thing, last thing. If you're looking for another move of God, and as us Christians are always looking for revival and believing for this thing, let me tell you right now, save you a lot of time. This is it. This is it. Amen. 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 Powerful. And everybody go look up that scripture. Everybody go look up that scripture. You were saying, Sister Eliana, last words in less than 30 seconds. I don't want want this to cut off on us. Sister Eliana? Proverbs 23.23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Shalom. Shalom, and I appreciate those brothers and sisters, the brother and that sister, and everybody that contributed to tonight's show. Ella Shul, you did a wonderful job, as usual. Brother John, uh, Brother Terry, uh, Brother um, Yashul, who had to run earlier, Sister Eliana. Listen, thank y'all so much. Listen, folks, I don't know if there's going to be a part two or not. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But remember, on this show description, at the bottom of the show description, is a link to my page, and it's got a lot of videos, books, and all that. Please check it out. Good night. I love every single one of y'all. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Shalom, Israel. Awake, Zion. You're Israel. You just don't know it. You are one of the lost tribes of Israel, African Americans. You just don't know it yet. Whites, all the other nations, we need your support, monetary support, and to teach it to your children. Spread this news. Good night. Royalty. Royalty.